It is January 29th, the year 763. It is probably either late Tuesday night, possibly it's the morning of the 30th, Wednesday morning. What has happened is you guys were chartering passage from uh, Shalon sur mer up to the island uh, nation of Dereham. So you guys are currently in the hold of a ship called the Disgrace, and it is late at night. The party has turned in for the evening. There are a set of hammocks along the front of the ship, uh, along the bow, on the underdecks. And each of the members of the party that sleep have grabbed one of these hammocks. Sol is just sitting at a table, meditating, since they don't actually have to be laying down to rest. It's just a comfort thing, normally. Yeah. Like, it's like, I don't have to, but yeah. usually and I do. But yeah. things have been on my mind lately. And since there were only four hammocks, you graciously gave up a hammock to sit at the table. I know. Mm-hmm. They they should all know how amazing I am yeah, to do was... such nice things for them. Mm-hmm. It was super <laughs> nice of Soul to do that. <laughs> so that puts us to sometime in the middle of the night. All right. <laughs> Perfect. Setting the atmosphere. <laughs> so my meditation ends after four hours normally. Yeah, it's complete after four hours and you come back from your meditation feeling rested and ready for the day. Look at me, Ellie. (laughs) Okay. Rude. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. It is very helpful for the things that I do. So, Soul kind of gets out of their trance, their meditation, whatever the hell you want to call it. Sleep. I call it sleep. (laughs) And they've been more rigid lately with their meditation. When they open their eyes, they sit up a bit straighter and they... They look around, and they're looking for the hammock that Marcus went to sleep in. Okay. Look around the hold, and you easily spot Marcus. He's in the first hammock to your right. He's currently curled up in some blanket and restfully sleeping, as the ship's movement sort of acts as a rocking motion, which put most of the party to sleep almost immediately. Which I totally get, because that I've, I've slept on a boat before, and it is really nice, actually. Except for the vertigo that I got soon after mm-hmm. when I got on land. But that's a different story. <laughs> Anyways, so Sol is going to go over to Marcus's hammock. They kind of crawl over. They don't really have to, but they do anyways. <laughs> and they, they kind of like get up on their knees and like look into the hammock. And then they start swinging it a little to see if that'll, like, wake him up. Like, they're trying to be gently waking him up currently, but it's mostly testing how deep of a sleeper Marcus is. Aww. (laughs) When asleep, much like me, Marcus is a quite sound sleeper. You will have to kind of really get his attention, especially when he's kind of essentially in a, like, warm cocoon of rocking sleep. Pretty much my slight swing of him does not wake him up or even, oh, like, good. disturb him whatsoever. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. <laughs> okay, Soul's gonna be up on their knees even more. Are these hammocks stacked one on top of each other? No, no, no. They're organized along the front of the ship on the inside wall. So you're in the main hold in the berth. They're in the, in the front bow of the ship. And the oh, hammocks nice. are arrayed across the front, hanging there. There's four of them, two on each side. And there's a chest in the center that Archibald is sitting on. 
I'm assuming Archie is powered. I guess does he power down? He used not to. Not anymore, not right? Not anymore. No, you noticed that it used to be whenever Lavette was asleep, he would sort of fall <laughs> back into that ball. But lately, he's just been chilling when she's asleep. You're not really sure why the change happened, but he's definitely more independent than he used to be. Make a perception check, Sol. Ooh, okay. This is always my favorite. <laughs> that was a 25. 25. You notice that Archie, his head has turned slightly to watch you. Because you appear to be the most interesting thing going on right now. So is he's his just... puppy awake? His puppy is curled up and asleep at his feet. Okay. But his head just sort of ever so slightly, soundlessly turns to kind of keep facing you. So um, just to keep tabs on what's going on. I'm going to nervously wave at him, I guess? He gives you the ever smallest nod, and that's about his only response. Interesting. I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> okay. He doesn't sleep. I mean, what do you want? <laughs> okay, so I'm going to... Man, someone's watching me. I'm going to lean forward, and I'm going to try kind of messing with Marcus's hair and see if that wakes him up. Okay. Like, it's gentle. Yeah, yeah. But a- they don't know that he's a heavy sleeper. Right, right. So I'm going to make a check and see if it wakes up Marcus. It does not wake up Marcus. I, was, I, I, I don't know of him, money. I'm sorry, what? Marcus. 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 Alright, making another check. Marcus, you start to come to ever so slight. Like, you're sort of returning to the waking world slowly. How many cups of sugar does it take to get to the moon? Marcus, I'm the one who does drugs in our party. What the fuck? Wake up. Wait, that's it. Soul just picks him up. And <laughs> they they take him to kind of the middle hole area All right. of the oh bowels. Pick up. Garvin, brother Marcus, and you walk him into the center of the ship in the main hold and set him down, away from prying eyes. Hey, Sol. Hey. Um, I'm awake. (laughs) How are you? Apparently awake. (laughs) I I promise uh, it won't be too long. I just, I really needed, yeah, we really are. I just needed to talk to you, Marcus. I haunt. Why? Ah, is it still nighttime? Yeah, it's still nighttime. Marcus looks around like almost mildly irritable about it, but so what can do we for? Because you know, I think I see the moon. I know you like sleeping forever. (laughs) I just needed to talk to you. Something's been on my mind, and I feel like it's driving me crazy. He uh, snaps to a little bit. Tell me what's going on. What can Um, I help you? First, I have a question, and if you're uncomfortable with answering it, you technically don't have to, but I would like you to. Okay. Do you have feelings for Lavette? That is a very complicated question. Okay. Did I, when I first met them? No. Soul nods. As we've been adventuring more and more... I do feel the word wouldn't be love. The word oh. as right now would not be love. It's it's a fondness. No, it's more like I, have you known someone your entire life? Mhm. Know what they feel, know what they're going to say, know no. how they're going to respond to things. No. It's like 
I cannot explain it. It's like I've known them. I've known Levette since I was a child. And it's a closeness. It's something like when they're around more and more, I feel like everything's going to be fine. <laughs> Soul looks slightly pained by that. But it's not a love. It's it's like a fondness, but there's no there's no physical attraction. Oh. There's just a wanting to be part of their life and them part of my life. Okay. Um Soul starts fidgeting and they look like they want to say something, but they're unsure. You look like you're you have something more on your mind. And you know always to tell me. Always um, if you have something that you can share, I will I can. always keep it's, it. It's just a little um new. Um but first I wanted to say that if you do at all ever have feelings for Levette that's more, I think that's perfectly fine and I would support you. But also, Marcus, how do you feel about me? Are you on your knees? Uh, you're, kind of, you're kind of looking down uh, the height. Thing, uh, right? I'd like to imagine they kind of sat down once they okay. put you down. Okay. Marcus reaches and grabs one of their hands in both of his and looks very deep into Soul's eye and says, you are the most important person to me right now. Okay. On all the ventures that we've had, you've always stuck up. Most of the time. Well, <laughs> I mean, when warranted, you've always believed in <clears throat> Yeah. I mean, maybe not in the beginning, but I don't think either of us were in good terms with anyone in the beginning when we first met. It's been a long time, though. We've been traveling together a lot. Well, according to this time, we've gone a long while, but I know you have responsibility. I really wish you didn't. Soul tilts their head, but they're listening. I know that, given my situation, I need to get myself sorted out. Hopefully they can bind me to this meat sack. <laughs> I really wish you didn't have to do what you have to do. But and I understand that. I mean, what is... What do you even feel? I, I just want to know. And Soul looks very frustrated. They mostly just want an answer, but they are unsure of how to word things better at the same time. Marcus looks with the hardest pain in his eyes. That look of, not that I don't want to answer this question, but if I did, it may hurt your ability to do what you need to do. Soul, if you ever find that you don't have to, I was hoping that your half-sister would take your place because my heart would follow you to the gates of oblivion. Is is the fact that I'm going to be married, um, I believe the phrase is a deal breaker? Only reason I wouldn't try to steal you away from him is I know the importance of what you have to do. I mean, you don't have to steal me, but I mean, there could still be something. I don't know. I don't know. I... Ugh. This is all so new to me. I'll just... I'll come clean, Marcus. I talked to my dad. Oh. I... And? Well, I explained to him that I tend to have feelings for more than one person. It's complicated, and 
I thought it would just kind of end after me and Grow got married, but it hasn't. And he says it's actually very normal and that he's probably one of the few people who understands how I'm feeling, actually. Which a lot of things make sense now, but don't tell him that, okay? <laughs> but I just wanted to tell you that I have a feeling for you. <laughs> they wimped out. They wimped out near the end. <laughs> Marcus takes one of the hands and puts it under Sol's chin, lifts it up and looks with as much love as he can and says, the feelings are mutual. Ah! Goes for the kiss. <laughs> campaign so soul is completely flushed they look ecstatic now i have one more thing that i guess i need to tell you that's probably gonna put a damper on all of this actually yeah i think I you mean, should eat i don't know someone. what you could say i they have like a grimace and their hands kind of on their hip and their faces like slightly turned <laughs> marcus no one's noticed it but i think you're dying Fine. I, I know you're fine right now, but I don't know how long fine will last, and the I don't want anyone don't. else to know, but I don't want to lose you at all, okay. ever. And I just want you to survive long enough for you to be put in this and stuff. I promised myself I wouldn't. If that <laughs> means I die, I die. Eden will provide. This is what you want? The problem is, one, you know what happens if I eat something. I know. And I, I mean, I don't want you to, but I, it's a very complex situation and I don't fully understand it. A lot of things have been happening in our lives, obviously, and I just don't want them to be bad <laughs> things that happen. Again, we don't know how long anyone has. I mean, we've all come close Lovette more than most, but I mean. Yeah. She's a trooper, though. Yeah. <laughs> but the only way for me to not be dead is to consume someone. And then I take them into me. And it's crowded enough as it is in here. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Hopefully, I mean, I don't know what happened on the Steam Isles. What do you but mean? Well, if we're sharing. I don't think I consumed her in what was described to me, but I don't know what happened on the Steam Isles, but I know that when Moira passed, I did feel better. Now... You you told me you didn't. You promised I me did, you didn't. I didn't. I didn't do... I did not consume Moira. What I think might have happened was when they were dying, they gave themselves. I can't explain it. It's, imagine how I am now. Okay. Now imagine if I didn't look better after the steam aisle, how bad I would be, if you can imagine that. I didn't consume them, but I know things about them, and I got better. I think the being that is in me, part of me absorbed 
the ambientness. Soul bites their lip. So I didn't. I did not consume them of any purposefulness. If I, if anything else, you're you're saying you didn't do it on purpose, but you think it still happened. I think I absorbed what was there like a dry sponge. <sighs> if it happened, I was not in control of it. But you lied of, to of me. What happened? I've only recently <laughs> become cognizant of Moira's memories. They come... Marcus, you lied to me, though. When I talked to you, I didn't know. I know promise you didn't know. At the time, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know at the time. As we've been traveling, as we've been adventuring, I've been learning more and more about Levette's and Moira's childhood. And my only logical conclusion is that's what happened. At the time, Beardy? I didn't know anything. Yeah. Can you use sending on a dragon? <laughs> Wait, sending? Oh, yeah. Do you do you have the ability to cast this? I this happen is a... to have a scroll in my inventory. Oh, yeah. That, oh, okay. Okay. Fuck. Yeah. It has to be a message of 25 words or less, but you can send it to the yeah. subject. Yeah. And then they can answer okay, you me... immediately. Yeah. Let me think this through. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 25 words or less. Okay. So you can write them out if you need to. You're going to rat on poor Marcus. <laughs> No, I'm not ratting on him. Soul's finding the truth. <laughs> oh. So I was there with Marcus when Zell told us about what he is and stuff and explained pretty much how it worked in general, right? Yeah, roughly, yeah. So what Soul knows is that when you eat a soul, you get their memories and retain them and they kind of <sighs> become part of you like a big mm-hmm. oh, sort of like pot a, kind yeah, of like a Sort of like a, a collage. Imagine you make a mosaic out of stones, okay? And that okay. And that face you create is Marcus. And all those stones are the same color, okay? Well, every time Marcus eats someone, imagine picking up all those stones and then grabbing a handful of another color of stones and then shaking them around in your hands and then making the same image with those stones. So now it's two colors, but it's the same face. But it's, So it's different, but it's still him. It's moving further and further away from what he used to be and changing it into something eventually completely different. And maybe some of those old stones are lost along the way. So he's less of what he was originally and more of this other personalities and other memories and other people kind of end up getting in there as well. And he ends up becoming kind of a melting pot of different personalities as they all sort of end up merging together into something new. Is it also true that to consume, I have to, when I am actively trying to, I have to leave the body first. Yes, in most situations, yeah, that's the truth. Okay. <laughs> I also like to point out, if you didn't fuck up that role. That's true. I mean, th- that was all of that. I can't do anything about that. <laughs> Damn. Harsh yeah. mood. No, I'm saying, like, I, if Lavette didn't cock up that role, then Moira wouldn't have died. I mean, I, there's nothing else to say about that. <laughs> but I'll go I'll go on the record and say that Levette never should have been there. So I know that when he eats spirits, it becomes part of him. And Sol really wants to know if Marcus can accidentally consume spirits, pretty much. Mm-hmm. I think that's the basis of what I should ask, right? Yeah. Okay. I've been saving those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're kind of expensive. <laughs> yeah. But this seemed important. I'm just going to go talk to a dragon. Yeah. What is the best way to refer to what Marcus was? Lost okay. Sol is probably the, the proper term. Purpose made to do a thing. They don't happen accidentally. 
Like, there's a lot of kinds of undead that just sort of happen. A revenant is if someone dies with a ton of unfinished business and they need to do something else before they can rest. They can come back as a revenant. A lost soul? No. No, they're made. 100%. And that's a question that no one's really answered. And it seems like it should be an important one. They are made? Yeah, they're made. Lost souls are created. If I remember right, Zell warned you guys. He's like, I don't know what Marcus's purpose here is. But these the lost souls don't just happen. So he was made by something. And now you guys are helping him and you don't know what his purpose is. He doesn't know what his purpose is, but he'll still do it whether he knows it or not. And it could be devastatingly bad if his purpose is something particularly unsavory. Okay. Zell, this is the future protector. Can the lost soul consume spirits on accident? Don't want to betray. Also, how are they made? That's exactly 24 words. <laughs> nice. Okay. <laughs> I counted this three times. <laughs> I don't want to be betrayed. So he's going to send you the following message back. Once almost immediately, as if he's like awake right now, that or dragons just have incredibly fast reaction times with this spell. But either way, you get a response <laughs> like two seconds after you send it. And it is Soliana. Lost souls can Oof. consume ambient spiritual energy if they are sufficiently exposed. Created by necromancers to perform a task, usually long difficult ones. Pancakes. Pancakes? What's that supposed to mean? Is that his nickname? Should I call him Pancakes? <laughs> is, is this a hint? Maybe he wants pancakes the next time I see him? Maybe I'll call him pancakes and then bring him pancakes. Yeah, that sounds about right. Soul's back kind of stiffens and straightens up as soon as they get their message back or sending back the fuck you want to call it. And this very calm, sweet moment that Soul and Marcus just had, the air just becomes ice. poignant. <laughs> You lied to me. No. You ate her. Not willingly if I did. You still lied. No, I didn't. No. I didn't no. know. No. You lied to me. But I didn't know. Soul looks really I hurt. I know I haven't been the best lately. Everything's been very confusing. But in that moment, I was holding you. I trusted you. And I asked you right then. It's completely possible for you to accidentally eat people. Eat souls. How? It it's just what it's just what, what I lost souls can do. Zell explained know. it to us. And I just asked just in case. If you think you're hurt, Marcus is devastated because he didn't know that he could do that. He blacked out during that entire time. From when they went into that room till until yeah. after I was out, not a memory. Not a single memory. But a lot of new ones after that. Exactly. But Marcus didn't know until... How many months ago was that? I mean, you had an inkling that something had happened immediately. But he didn't know exactly what happened. He didn't... Hmm. He, he definitely didn't... He right. definitely didn't no, not, try I mean, to consume anything. Right, he didn't understand what had happened, but you, you realized that something had took place, for sure. Yes. So Marcus is very much well defeated because he promised himself he wouldn't. Make a perception okay. check, both of you, please. Oh, shit. You guys Aren't you a, still awake? You guys have been oh, a little man. loud. Uh, 30 for me, 6 from Marcus. Okay, okay. That, so, oh, that was a nat one. It doesn't even it care. It was a nat one. <laughs> don't crit fill skill checks. Uh, I do. 
So, so Marcus, you don't hear anything. You're too hurt and distraught by this whole situation. Marcus actually falls to his knees. Oh, beautiful. And hands in his lap. Wonderful. Soul, you hear a board creak in the other room. I look in the direction. You look in the direction of the other room and... I have low light vision, too. Yeah. You see that there is a, a figure standing in the doorway to the berth there. You see it's a female form holding a bucket. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. Uh-oh, Bucket SpaghettiOs. Oh, no. You regret the thing you did. <laughs> I regret the thing I did. <laughs> <laughs> so you look and you see a human form in the darkness holding a bucket attempting to come down the stairs uh, like slowly. Uh, Sol, Sol stands up. Like, a little too fast. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, they haven't done anything wrong, but they still feel like they did, so they stand up, like, way too fast and, like, makes it more suspicious. So and then they get next to Marcus. You see an extremely peakish-looking Karis step into oh, the room. No, she God. looks even more pale than normal, and she's holding a bucket full of foul-smelling liquid. Gross. <laughs> she pretends... To not see you guys. Sort of a halfway between shame and hoping that if she acts hard enough, she's invisible. And she just walks past you both to the back of the ship. She says nothing to either of you. She's going to the poop deck. Yeah, sure. There's also something else you should know. (laughs) What what you're trying not to be. Uh. I I don't know if I should call it a race or not. What you don't want to be happens to be created by necromancers. I thought you just kind of get born, but I I guess not. And there's a reason you get created. I don't know what the reason is. It might involve pancakes. (laughs) (laughs) But they're usually long and difficult ones, as far as I know. Pancakes? Look, it's what the dragon said. I'm not really sure why he told me pancakes. I don't know if he secretly is called Wait, no. You did what you thought you was necessary. Gosh. <laughs> Just know, I'll still follow you to oblivion. Marcus gets up. Pancakes. <laughs> Make a will save, Marcus. What? Boop. Is it 16? Pancakes do sound really good. <gasps> they do sound really tasty right now, but you're not really in pancake territory. You're on a boat. The closest thing to pancakes they have on here is just like a handful of grain. Wait. You can make pancakes from that. Yeah, you could try, but... What do I roll? <laughs> <laughs> well, you would have to make, like, a cooking check, which would be a, a profession score. Wisdom. So it'd be wisdom-based. I can tell you Soul probably can't. <laughs> but, you know, the, the, the ship does, doesn't have the kind of fresh supplies you would need to make pancakes, because pancakes would require, you know, eggs and milk or butter. There's multiple ingredients to them to make proper pancakes. I will tell you, if they have eggs... Mm-hmm. And milk mm-hmm. and grain, you can make pancakes. Sure, but I'm saying yeah. I just don't think that's this kind of like. I don't um, think they have eggs and milk. Boat. They probably just have like salt fish and grits. Like we're talking, th- this is not like a pleasure cruise craft. Do they have potatoes. Yes, fuck, we'll make potato pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> not quite the same, but he's, all right. He's going for it. He's going for it. Fuck it, Soul. Yes. Would you like some pancakes? If they're with you, yeah. I'm sorry. 
was the combat maneuver for hug? <laughs> Just stand you don't there, have... I'm gonna hug you. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of height, you know. Soul goes down to his level, pretty much. I know he said stand still, but it's more awkward if I stand still. <laughs> Don't turn around. Marcus turns soul. Okay, um, what? Don't worry about it. Oh, okay. I think I just saw Garrus. Yeah. yeah, I think she got sick and might have heard something, by the way. Well, I know what she might have heard may have been hard to hear, but from my deepest part of my black-souled heart. <laughs> he, lean, he leans very close into her ear. I love you. Let's go make some pancakes. I need potatoes! I guess... Potatoes, oh. I say! Soul has no response. They're dumbstruck currently. Marcus runs off to go find potatoes. Uh, uh, huh. And Soul's slowly nodding to themselves, and they kind of awkwardly stand up, and they move over to the stairs. And they go up to Karis and see if she's sleeping. She's not asleep yet. She's got back in the hammock a few seconds before. Soul kind of waves at her. She looks at you. How much of that did you hear? I'm not sure what you mean. Okay. Does it worry you? What worries me? What you think I may have overheard. Does it worry you? It worries me in the fact someone could get hurt in either case. <sighs> the way I see it, I still owe you my life. Even him? Less so, but I think we've come to an understanding. But what I've said before is no less true. The warnings I've given you are no less true. What will you do? Think. Okay. She kind of like looks to the rest of the hammocks and back at you and she says, Someone around here needs to. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm glad you are. Because I particularly feel really stupid lately. I'm just making it up as I go. <sighs> I'm sorry I... We brought you into this, Karis. Don't be. Like I said, you saved my life. I would have been... She kind of like shudders a little bit. Some concubine to a vampire had you not come along. Had you not found me on that road that day. So don't... Don't be. Don't apologize for your actions. Okay. But I want to make you a promise. She nods. It's kind of a promise to everyone, but if I tell them this, it'll make their heads big, so... I promise to be better. I've been terrible lately and all over the place. Well, I want to be better for you guys. You have a lot of pressure on you. I mean, it's understandable. But... <laughs> I mean, I don't pretend to understand everything you're going through, but it sounds like there's more to you than you've let on. That whatever it is that you have this deadline about, this, this wedding, it's more than that. So whatever it turns out to be, you know, know that... You helped me, so I'll do my best to help you however I can. I really want to hug her. <laughs> she would really like that. <laughs> she knows where she is in life. Does she know about the deal you <coughs> made with Corona? No. Okay. As far as I know. Okay, I don't think you ever told her. I think her. everyone had... No, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, well, you never you never told her what the deal was. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of an oversight, right? <laughs> yeah. Marcus is coming back up with... Just make a wisdom check, please. Oh, okay. I said the name. You mean? I said the, I said the name of the podcast. You did do oh. the name of the podcast. Oh! Oh! So, okay. That's so, Marcus, a... you made a wisdom check, and you got a 
Not two, a modifier of three, so you got a five. You come back with a... Shittiest pancake. A handful, like a couple handfuls <laughs> of mashed like... potatoes? <laughs> well, it's it once was a potato, but you somehow managed to undercook them and burn them at the same time. <laughs> They're like burnt on the outside and almost raw in the, in the middle. If you were to take a bite out of one, I'll, I'll describe it if you want to eat them. They also smell bad. <laughs> they smell like what Karis brought up in her bucket. Not that bad. Uh, what's, yes, Marcus will take a bite. Marcus will walk in and be like... Okay, so the potato pancakes you whip together are somehow both burnt and undercooked. The insides are cold and raw, and the outsides burn your mouth a little bit, and they taste... Uh, it's a Hot Pocket. Yeah, it tastes terribly of like burnt potato, and the spicing is all wrong. If it exists at all, probably doesn't exist at all. So it's probably just like plain potato mush that was Marcus burnt. Looks very, very, very defeated. So, what Soul's gonna do since they, they can't hug Karis, they're gonna get really close, mm-hmm. like as close as possible, like forehead almost to forehead. She kind of like recoils a little bit from you, like worried that you're gonna touch her. I'm not. You you shouldn't you shouldn't try. I'm not that. going to. She kind of like bites her lip. Just give me a second. Sol puts their head really close to Karis, and then they cast Dancing Lights, a really small one, mm-hmm. right in the middle between their foreheads. Oh, Marcus is just sitting there eating his disgusting potato watching this. <laughs> Even if I can't touch you, this is the best way I can hold you right now. Thank you. She kind of has a small smile on her face. I'd like to think that the light's a little bit warm. Yeah, a little bit. How's that for flavor text in your D&D game? <laughs> oh, shit! Query, does what is affecting her, is that a spell, on a, a curse on her, or is that part of the magic of the writing that's on her? You have no idea. Could be, a, uh, could be both. Her. Could be either. Could be neither. I'm guessing that's something that would not be, nothing that I could cast that could potentially help me guide to figure out how to fix that. Yeah, it seems like it's pretty advanced magic. Not yet. Soon soon how how are your pancakes well i want to say like me oh um um, um, amazing (laughs) (laughs) they taste like failure but the starches are good for you (laughs) it's got a carrot Mm -hmm. Can I offer you anybody, any of y'all's? Oh, no, 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 those are all yours. You wanted pancakes. You, you get those pancakes. You know, Marcus, we can just get pancakes when we dock, too, probably. Not that yours aren't great or anything. But there's not going to be an an eye chop there. A what? You know, International Castle of Pancakes. (laughs) Wouldn't that be an iCop? Boo! I, yeah, I said iCop. I, I heard iCop. I, I heard iCop as well. <laughs> oh, did you hear I, 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 I thought I said iCop. Okay, I can wind back to tape and Okay, I thought I said iCop, but yes. It's okay. Marcus woke you up in the middle of your sleep. Why don't you go back to bed? No, I don't wanna. You really need your sleep. We're gonna meet a queen tomorrow. We all need to be on our best. She's going to help us fix this problem before more problems happen, hopefully. I'm gonna go pray to Eden first. Okay. I mean, we, we're on the ocean, though. I don't know how much Eden has... Oh, oh, he's gone. 
Look, I'm, I'm not saying I heard anything or not, but just be careful. You don't need me to tell you that. I'm sorry, I shouldn't intrude, and I didn't... I, I'm, I'm just gonna shut up now. I like hearing your opinions, Karis. You're part of our family, and you deserve to be heard. I just... I don't want anything happening that is gonna hurt you, and I don't... I still don't really trust him completely. You know that. I know. So just be careful, okay? I promise. Consult holds out their hand in, like, a pinky promise gesture, and then they, like, kind of gesture for Karis to just put up their hand similarly. Mm-hmm. She holds it up, and there's a couple inches apart between your hands. So it kind of puts the little light or the lights enough to go over both of their pinkies. Mm-hmm. I promise. I'll be better for all of us. I'm gonna get us through this. I'm gonna make sure everyone lives. <laughs> <laughs> the... the- players on <laughs> now nervous <laughs> yeah, yeah you better be nervous <laughs> pulling at my collar Ooh. Uh, uh. hey this is soul okay me as a player though yikes yikes <laughs> all right so she thanks you for valuing her counsel and she says she's gonna try to get some sleep while she still can sweet dreams karis i'll see you in the morning she nods and turns over in the hammock hmm, better 15 better for his was. religion Alright, so you run through a couple of prayers that you have memorized. What are you searching to do? Just try to get some guidance. spark of guidance? Some spark of guidance. Okay. Something, something you, cause... you feel that Eden is distant right now. Maybe it's because Eden doesn't have a lot of sway over the oceans. That maybe that's the problem. But you're unable to feel out Eden close. Like, you, you feel Eden at a distance. Your powers are there, right? You can still use your spells and stuff, but something something is keeping your deity's grace further away than it was when you were at that shrine. Maybe tomorrow. Right. You walk back across the hold and enter the berth there in the bow of the ship with the rest of the party. Like every night before, Eden's still distant. But as I always said, maybe tomorrow. We'll always keep trying, right? Always. Marcus gives a quick hug. Marcus looks over to Karis's bunk and says, She's a good one. I really, really, really hope we can help her. I'm still awake. That's the plan. Oh, Soul's well aware. <laughs> but they're not going to tell Marcus. <laughs> she she says, still awake. <laughs> Sweet dreams, Marcus. And Soul gives him a pat to, like, turn around. Marcus is very, very stiffly moving backwards to his bunk. Slowly crawls into it and wants to be under a rock. So it goes back to the table that they were meditating at, and they sit down and think about what they're gonna say to the queen. Make a perception check. Okay. Ooh. That's a 19. Oh, jeez. You get a feeling that you're being watched. Still by Archie? No. Nope. Still by Archie? Archie's sort of like looking lovingly at the sleeping puppy by his foot. But you feel like you're being watched from somewhere else, and it sort of just fills you with ominous feeling. Do do I feel like it's on this boat? Maybe. It Can might, I go might, up it, or deck? Sure, yeah, absolutely. Okay, I go the deck, then. Okay. So you go up onto the deck of the ship, and the night sailors are, you know, sort of just doing their thing, the night crew is... It seems pretty calm up here. The salt spray from the ocean is a little bit overpowering, but it's kind of refreshing at the same time as the boat kind of rocks slowly back and forth as it kind of crests waves and swells of the water. You still get the feeling, though, that someone somewhere is watching. Do I feel like 
It's on this deck currently. No, no. It's probably something much further away. But just know that you're being observed. Someone's scrying me? Someone's observing you. Yeah, fuck you. Is there any way that I can figure out who is? Not really. Not with the available spells you have currently. Not even any checks? No, I mean, honestly, it's just like ever so slight wavering sensation. Could just be your mind playing tricks on you. So I was kind of going to go up another um, stairs to like the slightly upper deck? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Like kind of where the, um, not the ship's wheel is, but the, uh, the, the bow. You go up to the prow of the ship. Prow? I think. The bow or the prow. The, the prow is, I, th- I think, the long, sticky-out thing. I'm not oh, a sailor, shit. but I'm pretty sure that... Yeah, the... I'm gonna I'm gonna walk... I, I don't know. I feel like Soul's kind of almost entranced by this feeling. They <laughs> they do stupid things. They kind of go out front, and they kind of, like, have a rope in one hand, and they're kind of balancing out a bit. And they're just, like, looking out there into the water. And I, I figure it's dark other than the moonlight, so you really can't see anything in the water nor... Normally, right? Normally, no. Yeah. Give me a perception check. Oh, okay. Um, I also had done a perception check rolling over to see when they... Did I notice the soul had left? Yeah, you notice the soul's not sitting at the chair anymore. Soul, you think for a split second, even though like you hear like crashing water under you, it's almost as if you can hear like something else splashed down there for a second. Something was breaching the water, but it's too dark to see what it was. Can I send dancing lights into the water? Sure, yeah, absolutely. Okay, I do that. You send your dancing lights down into the water, and you see something react and swim away very quickly, away from the light. You don't I know what figure it, out what it was. You don't know what it was, but it was big. How big? Mm, big. Can I find the captain? Sure. Oh. Captain's asleep. It's middle of the night. Yeah. But he uh, normally sleeps in the captain's quarters. That's where I'm going, then. Okay, so that's downstairs, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Stern of the ship. The water. It's just. Okay, you knock on the captain's quarters door. I'm assuming, right? Or do you want to yell at yeah. me? Like, what are you doing? No, I I lightly knock with the back of my hand. I kind of put my ear to the door to listen for breathing patterns. Okay. You knock, and about 20 seconds later, the door opens, and you see Suavo Van Gruff face. You see Captain Veers again. But this time, instead of being dressed in his typical jerkin and armor, he's sort of just wearing his night clothes. So he's got, like, just a, a shirt and some breeches. Oh, does he not have a nightcap? No. Ugh, oh, lame. He uh, kind of, like, squints <clears throat> at you in the dark, and he says, What is it? Soul looks concerned. Uh, I didn't want to tell your crew, just in case. There was something really, really big that I just saw in the water just a bit ago. Like really big. An eyebrow goes up. It's dark out. Are you sure you saw what you saw? I threw some dancing lights down into the water. It fled as soon as it saw it, but I heard it slightly hit the boat or breach or go out of the water for a second. It just... Wait, do I still feel like I'm being watched? No. So after that thing fled? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And before I did that, I felt like I was being watched. Look, I'm sure that you have some experience fighting monsters. I mean, you're an adventurer after all, but I've sailed this route a dozen, two dozen times just this year. It's not exactly a dangerous route, so I'm pretty sure we'll be fine. These waters are calm and safe. 
barely even any pirates around here. I'm not afraid of pirates. I just wanted to let you know, just in case, you are the captain. This is your crew. What happens is up to you. Well. But I'd rather you know instead of not and something terrible happening. Sure. What would you have me do otherwise? What, like what I think you should do right now? Sure. <sighs> should we turn around and go back to no. Bethany? <laughs> no. No. Should we um, continue on toward Dereham? We have to continue. I have to meet the queen. I have to save people. He shrugs and says, sort of matter-of-factly, then I suppose we're already doing it then. Then I guess I'm going to keep watch for you. Very well. You elves don't need much sleep anyway, right? Nope. I'm all good for the night. Good to have you aboard then. Sol reaches out with like a gesture for like a handshake, but one of those where you grab the wrist. Weird. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, he uh, returns the gesture. Sweet dreams, Captain. If you hear screams, we're all dead already. <laughs> Sounds good. I'll sleep with my sword by the bed. Sounds good. Not too well. Soul winks no- and, like, heads back upstairs. Yeah. He nods and closes the door. All right. Soul's gonna go to the ship. And then Soul goes up to the crow's nest and puts a dancing light in, like, each corner of the ship, pretty much. Two in the back, two in the front kind of thing. Yeah. They're having it do a slow rotation. Mm, okay. So that orbit the ship, kinda, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it can be like their lookout. Sounds good. All right. So you do that for the remainder of the night? Yes. Okay. And Marcus goes back to sleep. Karis tosses and turns and doesn't really get much more rest for the rest of the night. Poor shitty constitution, Karis. <laughs> you guys are headed toward the port city of Hale, which is the capital city of Dereham. It's about 2 a.m. or so on the 30th of January, all right? When very suddenly there is a loud noise as something slaps against the hull of the ship. Something large has struck the ship. Either you've hit another ship or something, you're not sure, but there's been some sort of collision. I'd like everyone to make a perception check to see if you're awake after Okay, thanks for doing that for me, Beardy. (laughs) Oh, wait, I am awake. <laughs> You're already awake. You're currently actually up in the crow's nest on the center mast. And that um, is a 24. So you're awakened immediately by this. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We have a 12 from Levette and a 14 from Marcus. Both of you are awake, but kind of groggy. You're just kind of having trouble waking up. And then let me roll one for Harris as well. She bolts out of bed as well, getting a 24. All right, Archie stands up from his position. He was sitting on a chest next to the hammock that Levette is sleeping in, which, by the way, you guys are all sleeping in hammocks. But Archie stands up from where he was sitting and looks to Levette and looks to everyone else for some sort of guidance. And Vera's going to run to the top of the ship. All righty. Vera heads out the staircase there, popping up onto the deck of the ship. It is currently still dark out. But a few of the sailors that are on the deck are running to grab weapons, you think. They're moving around in some sort of panicked mode. So I'm going to go ahead and roll a perception check from you. Okay. Soul gets a 31 on perception, and you immediately notice that Vera has now jumped up onto the deck of the ship. Okay, but I knew that the crash happened, right? Yeah, yeah, you felt it, and you're looking around to try to see what it was, but you're unable to locate it. Not even with my dancing lights? Yeah, you don't see it. It must. It possibly came from directly under the ship. Oh. Can I try to send it there? Because it, it ran away from the light originally. Can I 
Mm-hmm. Can I try to, like, worm it out that way? Yeah, okay. You focus your mind and you will those dancing lights further under the ship. And rather than whatever this thing is running off, instead, the following is going to happen. Four <laughs> tree trunk-sized tentacles are going to breach the water around the oh, ship. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. And they're going to start searching out and either grabbing onto the ship and, like, trying to crush it or seeking out people to try to pull into the water. One of the tentacles immediately grabs a sailor and yanks him to his watery grave. Is it too late to go back into the ship? (laughs) (laughs) What would you like to do? I'm going to yell down to Vera and be like, go wake up the captain. He already knows something was amiss, but he didn't believe me originally. Where's the captain? He's in his room. I go towards the door that looks like a captain room. All right, Vera, you sprint across the deck to go down the far staircase down. And I'm going to have one of these tentacles make an attack against you as you make a run across the room. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay, so it got a nat 20. Yeah, all right. I'm going to attempt a combat maneuver then. So it's going to see if it grapples you. All right, so a large slimy tentacle slaps at you and attempts to grapple one of your legs. However, you are able to pull yourself away in just the right way to evade its grasp. However, it still does hit you for 15 damage. Gross. Yeah. Wow. All right. You, breaking away from that, you manage to go down the stairs, and you end up in the the stern of the ship by the door leading to the captain's quarters. I just ram into the door with, like, my body. The doors are actually already standing open, and you see the captain is standing in the room there, and he is currently standing right there in front of you, and he is slapping on his armor and gathering his weapon. What's he using? Captain Veers, he has a large rapier that he wields in combat. Oh, good, you you already know. (laughs) (laughs) He kind of, like, looks up at you while he's fastening some belts, and he says, Yes, I do. The men know what to do. Gather your friends. Since you're adventuring folk, perhaps you can help repel whatever this creature is. I sure hope so. It seems quite large. He grimaces and says, They always are. Vera will shift into... Her mellifera's boon form. Oh, oh, giving this guy nightmares for the rest of his life. Yes. (laughs) All right, let's scooch to the front of the ship real quick. So what is Marcus, Levette, Archie, and Karis doing? Are we more or less alerted to the situation? Well, I mean, you know that Vera ran off very quickly to find out what was going on, and no one's reported Uh. back yet. Karis is uh, also, like, wide awake, and she's looking around. Should we do something? Hold the puppy in a barrel. Or something. Go find out what the fuck is going on. Uh, we need to help them. Karis takes a step toward the stairs. Okay, okay. We'll, we'll do that, Kelly's. We just need to, you know, get all shit together. Alright, Archie. She, like, looks at one of her oh, hands know. and looks at her other hand, and she's like, I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> that's good, <laughs> Kelly's. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome. But just <laughs> quit. Quit your jets. Let her be your own person. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Archie, do you, if you put your puppy away. <laughs> Archie nods, opens up the chest that he was sitting on, picks the puppy up, sets it in the chest, and then closes the chest, looks back at you, and nods again. All that right, dog's good. dead. <laughs> <laughs> Get a bolt out and poke a hole in that chest or two, just to be safe. Avoid the puppy. <laughs> yeah, avo- I mean, I'm being... I'm not, like, Get out a big long sword and stab into it. I'm not stabbing, <laughs> I'm just kind of like pushing Here you go, puppy. Here's an air hole. 
what you're saying is now it has a hole in it, so now it's gonna sink. I mean, probably it would fucking sink either way. It's a chest, unless it's airtight. It's, not it's also made of wood. If it were airtight, that dog would be. <laughs> so take care of that. All right, I like how let's go. I'll see. Come on. All right. Let's go find out what's going on. So Karis is gonna step onto the deck. Bet and Archie are right behind. As you guys step onto the deck, you can see that there are four massive tentacles reaching up out of the water around the <gasps> ship, and they're kind of like feeling around looking for people or things to destroy or crush. The sailors up here are starting to man the ballistas on the back of the ship, and they're cranking them around to take shots at the tentacles. However, they're moving around pretty quick, and those ballistas are designed to shoot ships, not fast-moving tentacles. Soul, what are you doing up in the crow's nest? Okay, so I have full vision of each of these tentacles. Mm -hmm. I still have my dancing lights in the water. Right. What can I actually see? You sent them to the bottom, of, like, under the boat, so you currently don't see anything in the water. The lights are concentrated under the ship. So if anything, the ship might have, like, a weird undercarriage light effect going on right now. Okay. Or the ship maybe has, like, a halo of light coming from the water around it. But other than that, mm -hmm. it doesn't really do much to illuminate anything. Okay. The, it's like the, a really cool street racing car. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's like you, you got your <laughs> ship tricked out. Sick. Mm-hmm. Can we put hydraulics on this boat? Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, that's basically what's also going on. I mean, that's what happens all the time. Like, that's the ocean in general with hydraulics. Like, the ship's going around and just, like, bouncing up and down, which is probably why Karis has been sick this entire journey. All right, so back at the rear of the boat, Vera, you have shifted into Mellifera's boon form, and Captain Veers gathers the rest of his things and is heading out the room. Nice. Are you wanting to go back on the deck or stay under below decks? Vera's going to hesitate for a second just from being winded mm -hmm. from the attack from the tentacles, and yeah. they're going to take out a bottle of Cure Light Wounds and down it. All right. Okay. Go ahead and uh, roll a D8 plus one. All right. You heal yourself for eight HP. Nice. You have seven damage left, and after that you step <clears> onto the deck of the ship with Captain Fears behind you, and with everyone on the deck of the ship, I'm going to go ahead and roll initiatives. Oh, uh, my own? I'm, I'm up there, right? <laughs> oh, yeah yeah. yeah, 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 you're there. You're there. Yeah. You are a heavy sleeper, as you said, so you were the last one out. I'm running, like, huh? Oh, my God. Aiden, be help us. Boom. Oh, lovely. All right. Tentacles win initiative. Oh, God. Isn't that lovely? Okay. Dude. All right, so Tentacle 1 is going <clears throat> to start grappling the ship and attempting to do crushing damage to it, so I'm just going to go ahead and roll some damage here and apply it to the boat. All right. Tentacle 2 is the one nearest to the party that just, you guys have just come out of the staircase there, and it's going to seek a target and attack one of you. So I'm going to roll randomly. Poor Marcus. All right. It's going after Marcus. Wow. Jesus Christ. Oh, God. All right. Another net 20. Oh, and this fun. One, and this one confirms. So let's see what happens. Remember me. What, what does it confirm? Does it confirm that Beardy hates us? I, look, damn it. No, it confirms <laughs> Beardy hates short people, apparently. I do not hate short people, and this is not my numbers. I oh, believe you, Beardy. So, can Marcus possess the Kraken? That's what I'm about to find out. I'm excited. Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> is our next party member the Kraken? Yeah. Just changes the dynamic of everything. Alright, so this is bludgeoning thing. damage. Yikes. Okay. You are brained... Very hard in the head. Uh, the crit is called to your thinky bits. So that attack is going to deal 23 damage to Marcus. Oh. 
And it's also going to give you an int damage. So go ahead and make a fortitude save if you wouldn't mind. Yes, sir. 20? Adjusted 20, that is not high enough. <sighs> I know, right? So, Tentacle 3 is on the corner closer to Captain Veers and Vera, and it's going to attack, rolling randomly. It's going to go after Captain Veers. It manages to miss. All right, and Tentacle 4 is on the side that is near the rest of the party, but on the further side of the ship from them. And it's going to feel around and start doing damage directly to the ship. Oh, it's destroying the ship. Right. Tentacle 1 and Tentacle 4 are attacking the ship. Tentacles 2 and 3 are attacking the party. That takes us to Archie's turn. So, I'm going to have him take a nice old five-foot step over this way. Mm-hmm. And he's going to punch that thing. Can you get a full... You don't get a full attack if you five-foot step. You? Yes, you do. You do? You do. Well, poor Tentacle 2, mm-hmm. potentially. I won't, I'm not going to jinx it just yet. But I'm going to go for the whole whole shebang. See what turns out here. That All right. 16 and 11. That's one hit. Like oh, really? Yep, the 16 hits. Nice. Yep. It's a, they're pretty fleshy and spongy. Like, they're not really, like, armored tentacles. So, so they're not really that hard to find to get. out if electricity is the best idea or the worst idea. Okay. You deal 12 points of damage to the tentacle, and it sort of jerks around a bit, but it doesn't withdraw into the ocean. Oh, he's got two more attacks real quick. That was a 20 to hit on one of them, All right. and it's falling on the other. Okay, you strike with one of your wings. Not doing bad, Archie. Okay, you deal eight damage with one of your wings. Soul, you're up in the crow's nest. What would you like to do? I sure am. <laughs> Gosh, okay. Can I try to do something cool? <laughs> yeah, what would you like to do? <laughs> okay, I don't know where this Art. thing's face is, so I can't do anything with dancing lights in its face. Okay, but to get down really fast, first off, I'm going to cast Inspire Courage on everyone real quick, because, you know, y'all need that shit. Mm -hmm. And then what I would like to do to move off of the crow's nest and closer down, I would like to take off my mantle, my little, like, shawl thing I have, and wrap it around a rope Mm kind of thing that's leading down to the deck. Mm -hmm. And I would like to (laughs) use that slide down so that I'm in front of Tentacle 4, that's the southeast of the ship, I assume. <laughs> sure. Give me an acrobatics check. Yeah, that's called dance in my book. <laughs> then give me a dance check. All right. That was a 34. <laughs> you get a 34. So you sling your shawl around a rope and you slide down with uh, utmost grace. Go ahead and pick any space on the boat to land yourself in. Right there. All right. You land next to Marcus, which puts you closest to tentacle four. That was the point. Alright, that takes us to Vera. Can you describe where these tentacles are right now? Like, sure. are they just on the outside of the boat, or are some of them, like, so they slithering have a, across? Well, they have a long reach, and they're currently, like, reaching around the boat. Tentacles 3 and 2 are harassing you guys, whereas tentacles 1 and 4 are either ripping parts of wood off the ship or grabbing random sailors and pulling them to their deaths. So they're sort of just harassing the general area, whereas two and three are making more targeted attacks toward you guys. Okay. But are any of them on the deck? Like, Uh, actually on the deck? Yeah, one and four are kind of snaking around the deck, grabbing things and pulling things into the water. Three and two are arched up out of the water and then arcing back down and attacking. Okay, first of all, if I move more than five feet, will I get attacked by the 
Oh. Uh, yes. Three. You are, yeah, you're well within its uh, range of attack, so you're in it, you're inside its threatened space. So if you were to move pretty much anywhere more than five feet, one of these tentacles is going to try to slap at you. Okay. So first, I'm going to move five feet mm-hmm. over more towards the middle of the boat. Mm-hmm. I'd like to make a husk spear, and I'd like to try to put it through tentacle four and try and lodge it into the deck of the ship. To see if I can stop it from moving. Can I try that? You want to use your husk spear spell to try to pin it to the boat? Yes. Go for it, yeah. Alright, and it makes its reflex save. Go ahead and drop damage on it. And it should take half damage. Alright. So you do six damage total. And I believe that since it's saved, it's not pinned to anything. Yeah. But you All still right. did a little bit of damage to it. Alright, that takes us to Marcus. Marcus, oh, you, you take another point of intelligence damage. Make another fortitude <laughs> oh. save. Oh, you just God. didn't make good enough pancakes. All right. <laughs> I mean, I feel like this has been a long time coming. <laughs> I'm just trying to get Marcus more into character. <laughs> I'm sorry, Scrooge. Okay. Well, first off, I just rolled a 20 on my 42 save. Yeah, it fails. Go ahead. Fails. Jesus. Let's see. Um, first off, would a Cure Light Wounds be helpful right here? To, to yourself? To, yeah, to prevent the... Aside from the health, would that help uh, stop the ouchies of my poor brain? Possibly. You know what? Let's do a Cure Light Wounds. Alright. You hit yourself for 7 damage, and that stops the intelligence bleed effect that was on you. Hey, alright. Weird. You have, a, you have a move action left. What would you like to do? I'm going to stay right here, I feel... Alright. Levette. Oh, I feel mostly safe. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm going to climb up on Archie's back, place a roll of film under his neck... And hop back down, or just mechanically say I'm not going to really go anywhere, and I'm going to cast full strength on him. You got it. Alright, Beardy, your turn. Sweet. Hell yeah. Alright, Karis is going to five foot step away from the tentacle two, and is going to begin casting a spell, and that's Karis' turn. Captain Veers is going to take a five foot step toward tentacle three, and he's going to make an attack with his rapier, and he's going to sink it deep into the tentacle doing an unknown amount of damage. Tentacle 1 continues crushing the ship. Tentacle 2 going to attack Archie. It is going to miss. Tentacle 3 is going to attack Captain Veers. And it's going to critically miss. Oh, no. All right. oh Good. Jeez. Yeah. Critically miss on the, uh, <laughs> on, on the NPC. Well, it still might hurt itself that way. It destroys the ship. Alright, so yeah, its attack is ineffective, and Tentacle 4 is going to search out a target, and it is going to go after Soul. Hi! (laughs) Alright, it makes an attack against Soul, and it is going to hit. It's going to deal 7 points of damage and attempt to grapple. Okay. And it succeeds. Soul, you have been grappled by the Tentacle, so it's trying to pull you toward the edge of the water. Uh, uh, guys? Uh-oh, spaghetti Now's not the time, Marcus. Archie, you're up. <laughs> All right, so he is going punchy punch this thingy. All right. Yeah, let's power it. Okay, go ahead and make all four of your attacks. Ooh. Oh, boy. Ooh. That's a critical hit. Yeah! Yeah, boy! Yes! Go, right. Archie! Go ahead and drop uh, damage on that first. I have a feeling this is massive overkill. Yeah, it's enough. So you strike it a couple of times with a 
some powerful blows, and it's going to withdraw underwater. Oh, grab it! I've seen boss fights like this. Rip it off. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so it withdraws under the water after taking enough damage. It no longer is effective at doing anything to the ship. You can five foot step still. Did you want to go five foot? You know, why not? Okay, so Soul, you have been grappled by Tentacle Four and being pulled toward the edge of the ship. What would you like to do? Do I still have hands on my weapon so uh, I can use it? You are still holding your weapon. However, it's going to be less than effective currently because your arms are kind of bound by this tentacle. So you can do a couple different things. You can make a grapple check to try to free your arm to make an attack with it. You can try to make a grapple check to get out of the grapple entirely. Or you can make an escape artist check to get out of the grapple entirely. Or you can make a grapple attack to try to grapple the tentacle and kind of switch and, <laughs> and, and kinda, suplex him. Yeah, and kind of get a, a dominant position in the grapple. You are the bard. You are supposed to dominate all the monsters. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what check do I use other than escape artist if I want to do the first doom? You'd make a combat maneuver. You, you know what? I'm just I'm just gonna try to do escape artist. Might okay. as well get all the way out. Sounds good. Right, That's you fourteen. Got, you got a fourteen, and that is not enough. So nope, didn't think so. Yeah, you're not quite able to slip out of the grasp of the tentacle. All right, that's going to take us to Vera. That was my turn. That was your so, turn. So Vera's going to run towards the tentacle that is grappling Soul okay. and just drive their sickle into the tentacle. Okay. So on your way, that is going to provoke from tentacle three. Yep. So it's going to make an attack at you as you try to go and rescue your friend. Oh, we're friends. <laughs> Does hit. It's going to deal ten points of damage and attempt to grapple you. And fail. All right. Good. So you move across the boat, and you are now in range of the base of Tentacle 4. All right. So you make your Mellifrous Sting attack at Tentacle 4. You roll a 3 plus your modifier of 13, and you strike. You hit on a 16 and deal damage. Go ahead and roll damage against Tentacle 4. Cool. That is 15? Wow. You strike for 15 points of damage with your scythe. Dang. That is the end of your turn. Marcus, you're up. It no. doesn't release me. <laughs> no, not yet. Tam. I am going to just do a bless. Okay. So target all allies and then manually target probably Karis and Alright. You apply the bless effect and cast bless on everyone in the party. Nice. There we yeah. go. Okay, you have a move action left. I stay central. Alright, Levette. Alright. Oh, I got you. I'm going to pull out that little suitcase deal is from before that unfolds into, like, an exoskeleton, run up behind Vera, slap it on her back, cast full strength on her as well. All right. Yeah. Okay. You apply full strength to Vera. All right. Karis's turn. She finishes casting that spell, and she is going to fire off a ghostly hand from herself, and it's going to go down toward Tentacle 4. You do not fuck with the hive. <laughs> Right. Got a new religion? On you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, that's the closest thing we have to a team name right now. The Hive? Yeah. Right. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, so, it is what it is. Shut up. Yeah. All right, so the Tentacle 4 is going to get struck by a ghostly hand from Karis, and it's going to drop Soul and slink back under the water, you know, horribly damaged. All right, Captain Veers is going to chop Tentacle 3 one more time, and it is also going to disappear under the water. 
Oh, here it comes! Here comes the big bad! Here comes the heel. And Tentacle oh. 1 is also going to slip under the water. Archie, you have right. initiative. Uh, Center of the boat? <laughs> yeah, no, he's going to stay at the side, and he's going to hold his action. If anything else comes up by this side, he's going to full attack it. Okay. Soul. I'm going to go and be over by Karis. All right, move over 20 feet to the center of the boat. And just in case... I'm going to use mirror image on myself. Okay. What you're going to want to do is roll 1d4 plus 1. Okay. 2! <laughs> Yay! Awesome. Cool. <laughs> Great. Oh, wow. All right. So you create two mirrors of yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Still three souls in total. Yeah. I'm going to do what I can. Right. <laughs> I just wanted to die. <laughs> Okay, and you have two mirrors around yourself, so if anything attacks you, it's got to roll a one and three chance to hit you. All right. It does. <laughs> That's going to take us on to Vera. All right, Vera's going to also go in the center oh. of the ship. What? Well, I thought you, if we had a tank guarding each side, then... We don't know where it's coming from yet. But we have a tank guarding each side, then. so if it mm-hmm. comes from either side, we hit it. Do you say anything to Vera when they're heading over? Well, it's not my turn. <laughs> You can still you talk. You can still talk. Talk is a free action. Yeah. So well, is cry. <laughs> cry is a free action, guys. Well, I don't. I, don't, I feel like it's a meta thing to say. But if Lavette's thinking it, though. Yeah, she. Like, I was. I was going to have her like pat you on the back, and be like, "Stick over here." In that case, I will stay on the bottom side below Soul. Okay. So that I'm watching him. You got it. All right, Marcus. Okay, so Marcus is going to step up next to Soul. Oh. Alright. Alright. Take essentially put his back and facing out towards the water. Mm-hmm. And can I draw my scimitar in yes. defensive stance? Yeah, and you can you can draw your still weapons. Cast? Yeah, because you, you're pulling your weapons out as part of your movement. Now as mm-hmm. far as defensive stance, no, you, you can't do that and cast. So you can draw your weapons and cast a spell though. Okay, then in that case, I will draw a weapon and cast Channel Energy. Right. Bam. Not bad. Nice 16. Nice. And did you say did. Yes, I did. <laughs> that is what the youngsters are saying now. Oh, days. So that's it. Ends my turn. Like five months ago. <laughs> it was five months ago and you used it wrong, so that's fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Levette. All right. Vera, what is your armor like? How good would that be? It'd be good. It's a uh, 21. Okay. Wait, what? Did you add more to it? That I'm deciding whether I should give it to you or to Archie. Never mind, it's horrible. Like, well, you really can't give it to Karis because you can't touch her. <laughs> then I will run over this way and pull out one of those little... I have ceramic ones that I made for Vera. Reinforced ceramic. But I have like a little pod that I slap on her back and it unfolds into some shoulder plates and some breastplate. Mm-hmm. It fits around the B form nicely. Mm-hmm. All right, Karis is up. She's going to look around at the party, see that pretty much everybody is uninjured. Vera's only taking one point of damage, so she's not going to bother channeling. So she's actually just going to hold action. Captain's going to move up to the center of the boat. Can Can't I wait. talk to him real quick? Yeah, of course. I told you there was a thing in the water. Yeah, that's true. Any suggestions? Yeah. I saw the thing in the water, I went down and told him, and he was like, 
You're probably just seeing something. And he went back to bed. Listen, that's great. Is there any tactics, Captain, that would be best to suit this scenario? Did we win? Oh, hell no. I mean, it's worth asking. Oh. responded to Vera, though. He's about to when there is another major impact from the ship. All of you kind of like turn and look. And you look at the stern of the ship. And you see this massive squid has moved its body up and has kind of like glomped itself on the back of the ship and it's splashed its tentacles out along the uh, aft castle of the ship. It's grabbed onto the sailors that were on the ballista and has pulled them both into the water already. It's grabbed one of them and kind of dangled it into its giant beaked mouth. The other one it just tosses into the water. Your sailors can swim, right? Mostly. Archie. Okay. You have initiative. <laughs> All right. Fuck, dude. This thing's going to tear up the boat if we don't go after it. It's going to tear up the rest of the crew, too. We're going to have to fucking, like, row the rest <laughs> of the way. What, what do you say, team? Are we going after him or are we let him come to us? He's already to us. <laughs> but if Archie runs out, he'll be separated from the group. I figure we're all going to go there, though. Yeah, I guess. I am, at least. Okay, all right. I'm going to have Archibald charge, then. How far can you charge? Double your movement speed. Double your movement speed, then. Mm -hmm. So you could move 40 feet, and that would be your whole turn. You actually can't make a charge attack after that. The problem is, though, when you get to this point, you start to get into threatened spaces, so going from here to here actually provokes a threatened attack. I don't want to do that, then. Okay, so you move up to the top of the stairs and stop. No, but he can't hold an action of any kind. No. Does Archie do any buffs of any kind? He receives the buffs. He doesn't do anything. <laughs> Me. Oh, yeah, it does nothing. Well, I mean, it's true, though. Hmm. I guess that's it. I don't want him to move into the provoke spaces just yet. He might as well next turn, but is he <laughs> in provoke space right now? Yeah, he's in the edge of provoke space, yes. Oh, I want him to be just out of it. Oh, all right. He stops in the stairs. All right. Yeah. Not, right. not that he would know exactly where that was, but whatever. No, but he, he like, takes cover behind the top steps. Okay. All right, so you move up 25 feet to the stairs. You bet I fucking do. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to do point blank shot. Okay. Yeah, you're within 30 feet, so you get point blank. Please hit. That's a 24. 24 hits. Yes. Yeah. Do we know the number? All right, so you slice with Symphonia's Wit. You deal seven, seven points damage. of damage to the giant squid, and... That's it for me. And it slips under the water. What? <gasps> Uh-oh. Oh, one of these fights? This is the worst. All right. Farah, the squid very suddenly disappears under the waves. Hmm. Well, shit. Almost <laughs> uh, unexpectedly quickly. It's going to move over right here, right, right next to Levette in mm-hmm. the middle of the ship. Yep. So, any advice... Captain says, I've never seen something quite that large attack a ship like this, but I've also never seen a monster flee that quickly from combat. What was your I weapon don't... made of? What? Whatever happened. Silver. As soon as you struck it, it fled. Magic, silver, music? It, your your weapon's made, made of music? music? Well, it makes music when it hits things. I don't... That's not... Okay. <laughs> Well, they're not wrong. Oh, they, <laughs> they definitely are. They definitely are. No, they. No, definitely it makes. Are. I mean, twang is a is, is music, okay. isn't it? Like, but uh, it's not made the. Right, sounds anyway. good when it hits things correctly, guys. Tokens unlocked. Wait, really? Really? 
Okay, I what really was the creature, feel... though? It was just a giant squid? Mm-hmm. It, it, was, it appeared to be a giant squid, yeah. Did it have any significant look that made it look different than just a fucking squid? No, it looked like a natural squid. Like, a, Well, I mean, it was huge, right? It's a giant squid, but still, it's a naturally occurring ocean creature. Now, what is strange is, roll a nature check. Anybody who has knowledge of nature. Okay. Nope. That's sure a 20 don't. for me. Uh, uh, unnatural 20. Yeah, yeah. So you get a 20 and it's a nat, nat 20. Nat 20 for Vera. <laughs> All right, cool. So you, you both know very well that giant squid don't just attack ships. That's not a thing they do. They don't just prey on boats, especially something that much bigger than they are. Like, if, if they're going to go after a boat, it might be like a dinghy or some shit. Like, they don't go after a giant sailing vessel. Maybe a kraken might, but this thing was not a kraken. This was just a giant squid. So they typically, they'll eat fish or sharks or porpoises, sometimes small whales, but definitely not a boat. It's not really worth their time, and it's ultimately kind of dangerous. So the, f- the fact that this thing attacked the ship at all is sort of strange. But the fact that it disappeared very quickly is just as strange. Vera is also going to be looking out, seeing if she can see any of the sailors that fell. It appears all of the men who were tossed into the sea are lost to the dark. Aww. You don't you don't hear any voices and you don't hear any shouts or sounds of swimming. So it's possible that the squid, either during the fight or just after it fled, you know, went around and cleaned up the mess. Can I at least send some dancing lights out just in case we can see anybody? Oh, of course, yeah. So aside from some reddish areas of water, you don't see any people. They are. <laughs> <laughs> Captain, I have some bad news for you. Yeah, I think I know where you're going with this one. I'm sorry. No, I should be apologizing to you. You were correct. If I had moved on your your word earlier, some of those men might still be alive. Who's running the ship now? There's still lots of other sailors. It's a a decent-sized crew, and only about probably four men died total. Oh, okay. There's still enough people. (laughs) I thought so, they were dying in troves. No. So he goes up and takes the wheel and he says, I'll pilot the ship myself to get to the rest of the way to port. I'm not going to sleep after that anyway. Soul gestures to the rest of the party. I think you guys should still get sleep tonight, though. We are going to meet a queen and we got to be on our best. Hmm. What could have caused that thing to attack us, though? Wasn't it hungry? Can I ask the DM something? Yeah, what's up? Did I feel like I was being watched when the squid was around? Yes. Hmm. So it was the squid. Yeah, sure. Can I do, like, an insight check or something? <laughs> you can lore <clears throat> master Giant something. squids wouldn't attack give me a, ship give me this a, size. Uh, Yeah, I mean, look, you, you, you don't... You know that giant squids wouldn't have attacked a ship this size on its own, and you also got a weird feeling that you were being watched. That went away when the squid fled. Yeah. So you're not sure, but whatever was causing it, you don't think the squid was in control of the situation. It sure fucking wasn't. And I was telling the stuff that I know to Lovette. Lovette did not know, correct? She didn't even make a roll check. No, I didn't. I don't have nature. Oh, that's unfortunate. Why would would I have knowledge nature? I don't know. I just have all the knowledges. (laughs) Fucking bards. Yep. (laughs) Or bards fucking. That's true, too. Not not allowed. Not in this world. Whoa! What do you mean? Yeah, you said not allowed. That's the rule. What? Yeah, that was the bard rule. Remember, wasn't it something? What? That's fuck all the time. What are no, you bards about? don't fuck each other. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's a, a, that's, oh, okay. oh that, that's an own goal. There's no point. 
Why don't you guys go back to bed? I'm gonna stay up in the crow's nest and keep watch for the rest of the night. I've already gotten my hours I need. You sure? Yeah, I've had four hours. Marcus probably needs a little bit extra anyways. I am wide the fuck awake. I look at Marcus's bleeding brain. (laughs) Are are you gonna be okay? (laughs) What? Your head's a bit, like, swollen around the side. Right there. It, no, I think that's normal. Oh, that's, that's not supposed to be that squishy, is it? Um, oh. Marcus, maybe you should rest. But pancakes. We will make pancakes when we get to dock or find pancakes. I don't know. They still sound good to you, right? Delicious. Why, why are pancakes important right now? Look, the dragon said pancakes. <laughs> the dragon? Um... I might have recently talked to Zell. What? Uh-huh. Marcus, <laughs> <I'm> believe me? <laughs> you bitch! When? How? Why? I might have had a scroll of sending on me. And he received it? You and Of you course, used... I'm the protector. What, what did you use it to get? What information did you get out of that? Soul starts sweating profusely. <laughs> So, um, it had something to do with Mark. That, sure. So that was all very valuable. All right. What would you use Make, it for? It was my scroll. I bought it. Well, we could use it to contact Krona. We lose contact with him. So, I have a walnut from know, him. So somebody Make, else. That you know when we are in the uh, when we're in the dangerous place. So make a perception check. Okay. Twenty-seven. <laughs> yeah. You see something? I was going to PM it to you. Okay. What pancakes has to do? What does that have to do with anything? Is that one of the twenty-five? What, what do you gotta get? What do you gotta get? To pancakes. Marcus is bigger things than steaks and pancakes. Yeah. There is always time for pancakes. Can I ask no, why? Do I know which statement uh, that happened for? Yeah, pretty much the, the previous conversation. Right. Yeah. For reference for the podcast, it was that Karis was acting a little suspicious, and well. Choosing not to speak about anything that had happened. Hmm. You just kind of saw that, so. Okay, look. The scroll of sending is still mine. I spent a lot of money on it. I got information about Marcus because I was concerned about him. Okay, sorry. No, you, and I'm not trying to be selfish. I just feel kind of isolated. I feel like we're running into somewhere where we're going to feel very alone. I mean, maybe we're, we're in a different world, but... I think the queen's going to be very welcoming to us. If anything, she should be on our side. We're on the side of keeping the world existing. So... I suppose. Not everyone sees the big picture, so... I think she sees a lot. (laughs) I hope so. She does have a lot. This is true. One who happens to be my prisoner still, even though he's not here, still technically my prisoner. Yeah, I don't know if we should open up with that one. If I see him, I will. Mm, maybe Look, he should... promised that I could tie him up, and then he left. Okay. Wait, what kind of promises? <laughs> what do you mean? Never mind. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, we maybe want to negotiate. With what? What do we have to offer? Well, let's see. Yeah, Marcus, we're gonna get some pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> I figure out what we with have the to the morning. I'm going to go get some sleep. Please do. I go Everyone down. needs their full hour. All right. Go into the chest with the dog and sleep in there. 
Jesus. Inside Jesus. the chest? Yeah. yeah. Wow. You got Wait, that, that's very bold. <laughs> Holy shit. Not afraid of mimics anymore, I guess. Oh, yeah, I guess that's a good point. Well, she's really tired. <laughs> I'm right. really tired. You so know, you're going to wake up a long time. It's going to be yeah. the worst wake, wake up, up call. Absolutely terrified. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're like, I've been eaten by a mimic. Ah! <laughs> and then the dog starts fucking barking like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, a very good alarm system. You think of it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the party goes back to where they can sleep and rest and, and what have you. And the morning continues along until you guys, by morning light, so around 7 a.m., you guys arrive in the bay leading to the city of Hale. You can Woo! see this green island in the distance with like a spine of mountains in the distance, forests. Like I said, the island is like dotted with these lush forests, and there is an enormous port city you guys are heading toward, the port city of Hale. And here is the island itself as you approach that. It's beautiful. It's very gray. Well, I mean, I, I can change the ground color, but it's very verdant. I'll say that. What's okay. the little town over on the other little island? That's not where your eyes are at. You're at the town of Hale, which I'll, I'll reveal right there. Ooh. Which is the capital of Dereham. There's a river nearby, and it's got a pretty large port facility built. Hail to the Queen, indeed. Mm-hmm. All right, so the ship comes <clears throat> into dock, and the captain uh, is thankful for you guys who have been on there to help ward off that monster attack. He still says he has no idea why it would have attacked a ship like that, but he's glad you were there to help fight it off. He wishes you luck in Dereham and hopes you find whatever it is you're looking for out here. Soul holds out their hand to shake his, like, earlier. Mm-hmm. He shakes your hand graciously. Uses his offhand to kind of like take your hand in both of his, and kind of also bows his head to you as he does, and uh, and thanks you for your help. It's like you sell the paper much. And before we go, do you have any recommendations on once we're done here, how we get back? Well, Are there no druid circles here? <laughs> he shrugs and says he he knows of no such things in Dereham, but many of the ships here often travel across the channel. All right. So it should not be all that difficult to charter a smuggler to take you back to the mainland. Sounds good to me. If that is indeed what your plan is. I don't know what our plan is. We don't really function on many plans. <laughs> we function on getting to places without dying. So as you guys sort of look at the city itself, Hale is massive. It is one of the largest cities you guys have seen before. It's got a huge port complex. Docks are extensive. There's ships all over the place. But what is... Also interesting about this place is the architecture and sort of ambient level of advancement seems a bit beyond what Ville had in it. The buildings here look more well put together and larger. Most of them are brick instead of being made of stucco and wood like they used to be in Ville. The buildings here tend to be taller and larger and the people here are most often they appear to be dressed in more heavy wool clothing. It's also winter time, so... Which we are in attire for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the streets are bustling. It is a very busy city. Interesting. You don't see any castles anywhere either. Oh, God, I'm gonna have to ask where <laughs> the Queen's castle is. That's great. Where the Queen resides? How do I form this question, Vera? You're <laughs> asking me this? Well, that! <laughs> oh, um... 
the ways you worded it are fine. I don't really know the language, so uh, it might be... Yeah, but how would you ask someone, where do we find your queen? Like, who does that? I would say I seek an audience with the queen. Do you know where I should go for that? Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Wait, why Why wouldn't the other one work? Why not just ask someone with a... Well, this person's very important to these people. They like some reverence, some flourish. And Vera rolls her eyes. Uh. DM, unlike the city that we were in, do I notice multitudes of religions? You look around, you're still at the dock complex, you don't really see a lot of religious buildings here. It's mostly warehouses and fisheries and things of that nature. So there's not really a whole lot of religious institutions on the docks. Okay. I didn't know if, uh, if I'd noticed anybody like the people. That is okay. Oh no, you don't. You don't notice anybody like the, 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 the Inquisitors. There's nothing like that around here. Okay. So it appears that this area could very well be much more religiously tolerant than Parthenay. Okay, I'm gonna start looking for people, maybe like guards of some kind that look like they know where things are. All right. So you walk up and you see a man standing guard nearby. He's kind of a well-built individual. He's wearing a helm, so you can't really see his face, but he's wearing like what looks like guard attire. Okay. He's, he's standing there. He's got a sword like sort of slung at his hip, and he's got a hand resting on its hilt as he's kind of like looking the other direction. Alright, here goes nothing. Excuse me! <laughs> you're speaking then, um, Bill? Billish? Yeah. Alright. The man turns your way and says, Ah, oh, villains! <laughs> we don't get many of your kind this way. Well, I'm not, but I know the language. I'm actually from the Emerald Forest. He gives out a greeting in Elvish. He says, it's a really rough, hello, good day <laughs> in Elvish. Oh, sweet man. V- vi- villain, villainish is fine. We are currently seeking audience with the queen, and we were wondering the best way to come into her court. Oh, you wish to see the queen? Yes. What business do you have with our queen? You lot look well-armed. Oh, well, I'm a bard. This is amusing. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, I have matters of... Diplomatic. Yes, diplomatic matters that I need to discuss with her in order to ensure safety for people. Hmm. Well, very well. I'll take you there myself. Thank you so much. He leads you guys west to the docks area. So you get to a main road, which, again, is bustling with activity. There's carriages, horse-drawn carts everywhere, people choking the streets. Like, this is a heavily populated city. It's also, like I said, it's very cold, and we're going to crank it up to 9 a.m. currently. It is uh, pretty cold out, but there are still, like, food vendors with carts on the street hawking food as you're walking. And... Marcus, you see someone selling pancakes. <laughs> what kind of pancakes are you talking about? They're a wheat-based They're pancake, mm. and they are being sold as a hand food with a pad of honey on them. Honey? Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, the syrup where it's at. Are you, are you going to take that, Vera? Are you, are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Trees. Duh. Yeah, total garbage. Oh, guys, um... (laughs) Syrup can't even match half the taste of honey. Sorry, literally, honey is bug barf. Just saying. How how about this? How would you get your trees to attack my fucking bee? 
You know, sometimes um, I would like to like squeeze pineapple juice onto my pants. Quiet, Levette. <laughs> <laughs> Soul goes over and pats Levette on the shoulder. Let me to tell you. Let me, let me tell you. It's tree blood. All right. They are giving their blood to make degraded <clears throat> sugar. Isn't that hurting the trees? They make plenty of it. They're fine. Vera looks at Soul. <laughs> And just said, that tentacle did a number on his head. What? Why are you looking at me? I'm not his parent. I'll also look at school. Marcus, just get the damn pancakes. Oh. Sorry. Thank God it's not a waffle because fuck waffles. Oh. Whoa. Whoa. Whoa, what did you just say, Zell? Okay. Pancakes is where it's at. Uh, um, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> is is Soul now upset? Yeah. <laughs> hmm. You you just haven't had a good gnomey swapple, okay? Of course the gnomes eat waffles. Well, yeah, of, of course, course they, they would. Wouldn't uh, Vil be <laughs> down with waffles? Yeah, because of Belgium. Yeah, yeah it'd be more waffle based in Vil. <laughs> yes. What Belgium suddenly German? Come on, guys. Well, What's the, what what do you have? Analog. Do I have a Benelux region analog? Yeah. No. No, I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> right, okay, sorry. <laughs> Good vendor. Mm-hmm. Tell me, how much are your delicious smelling pancakes? He says something in a language you don't understand. I point to the pancakes nice. and give the coin kind he of He holds rub, up rub two fingers. fingers. I show nice. him two copper. What? He takes the two copper, places it into a slot in the top of the cart. Little box there? Yeah. yeah. He takes out one of these delicious, fluffy pancakes, takes a long, wide, dull knife, reaches mm-hmm. it down into this container of this buttered honey concoction that he's created, slathers it across the pancake, and then just hands it to you. How good is it? It is fresh, warm, and delicious. I even to Marcus, it. it's delicious? Yeah, even to Marcus, it's delicious. <laughs> wow! I tip, I, I tip them a silver. You hand him a silver, and he takes it, places it in the slot, and makes you five more. <laughs> yeah! Not quite understanding what you're doing. He, he thinks you want to buy five more, so he just makes five more and hands them to the party. Uh, um, pancakes for everybody. You can have mine, Marcus. That's fine. But pancakes. Oh, um, do you want me to eat them? Yeah, they're for you. I mean, there's honey already on it, but I can always give you more. I wouldn't mind a little more honey. All right, and I'll start taking off some fresh honey from my Ooh. apiary. Cool. You got it. Oh, let's honey. also be clear, though. <laughs> let, 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 let's also be clear. I myself <coughs> love honey. I put that shit on everything. Marcus, the, uh, however. By the way, the guard kept walking. Oh fuck! He didn't notice. <laughs> Can I still see him at all? Nope. The streets oh, are far too shit. crowded. He is gone. Oh. Can I attempt to use a survival check to track him? Yeah, you can try to track him. Thank yeah. God for Vera. Well, you can need <laughs> that now. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of crazy task. Come on. Oh, no, oh, oh look at that. Okay. So you notice the exact style and size of his boot, and you start <laughs> tracking his footsteps, and you know, you're probably moving slower than he was, but you're at least following in his footsteps, and you come out a little ways to the north into this large open forum area, and there is a single statue 
There's a massive pedestal in the middle of the forum with a huge statue on of a beautiful-looking female wizard standing there, and it's all done up in, like, alabaster. Ooh. Yeah. What did you just call me? Whoa! Yeah. So it's like this incredibly white marble statue sort of looking thing of a female wizard. She's holding up like a staff in one hand and an orb in the other. And it sort of dominates the whole form. It's, it's a really, really beautiful statue. But on the other side of it is a really, really huge looking palace that is highly ornate and has a little fence around it with guards posted around the fence. They all look like they're wearing like ceremonial armor. Like they're definitely not meant to actually fight, but they're there as just as a gesture of strength. Gotcha. Alright, Sol kind of admires the statue for a bit, and then kind of turns, and they have a really serious face on, and they go towards that building, which I assume the footsteps lead to. You hear a whistle. I I'm not, turn. I'm not even going to make you make a perception check. It's quite loud. You hear a whistle. Uh, I, I turn to look where it's from. My uh, ears are huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so as you're walking toward the palace, you hear a whistle coming back from the statue and sitting on the, the I said the whole thing's on like this huge pedestal. Sitting on the pedestal with their legs kind of dangling off the edge is a familiar face. I knew it. <laughs> so, 180's their turn. Like, it's right on their heel when they turn for the sound. It's mm-hmm. a full turn now instead mm-hmm. of just a looking over. And they walk up, like, a little too hurriedly to him. <laughs> Prisoner. Well, it's good to see all of you again. All Glad of you. you could make it. Yes, you and you and you and you and you. He points to each member of the party. How do you know the... That doesn't matter. I need to tie you up in rope. <laughs> he laughs. Of course you do. You're here to see the queen, right? Yes, of course. Well, let's not waste any more time, shall we? Would you like some pancakes? <laughs> <laughs> He kind of looks at you guys like you're all kind of weird, and he's like, no, no thanks, I've already had breakfast. He kind of pushes himself off the pedestal and lands on the ground, kind of brushes his clothes a little bit, which, by the way, now he's wearing, instead of which was more Parthenian-style dress, he's wearing essentially a long wool coat that's like a nice charcoal gray, and he has a cap that's very tall. It's a very tall hat. Sol kind of glares at him, but willingly follows. He'll walk up to you and, like, hold out an elbow for you to kind of link your arm in. Sol, like, turns their nose up for a second, but still takes his arm. So he walks you up to the front gate of the palace, where the ceremonial guards immediately recognize this guy and part and allow you all to pass. Oh, okay. This person's important. So you guys walk into this palace, and the front doors are about 20 feet tall, and they're inlaid like this hard, dark wood inlaid with all this beautiful carving work. And it's all like done in like a nautical theme, so it's like this giant three-masted ship inlaid across this door. Doors are opened for you guys, and you walk inside, and it has this massive vaulted ceiling lobby sort of space in the palace. And as you look around, you see that even at 9 a.m., this palace is a flurry of activity. There are people going every which way. There's folks holding notes. There's missives being moved around. There's sort of a hush tone to the whole place. No one really speaks above a polite conversational tone. So it's sort of kind of muted in the room a little bit. So it's, it's oddly quiet for how many people are here and how busy the place looks. But he walks you guys inside, and he turns and says... Well, Queen is just ahead. The throne room is just beyond there. He points, like, dead back far 
on the other side of the lobby area. So if you were to continue straight, basically, through all this mess. He says, the intelligence services offices are over on this side, and the administration offices are on that side. So when you're all done, you can find me over in the intelligence services. Oh, um, all right. And you won't run away randomly? I have no reason to. You're in my territory. What's that supposed to mean? He kind of gives you a smile. You'll have to find out. He gives you a wink as he turns and walks away. Prisoners. <laughs> Alright, guys. You ready for this? So, so say we don't go into his intelligence office afterwards. I mean, what's he going to do? I mean, if he's part of the intelligence office, he must know a lot of things if... Well, I, don't, I think that this is probably kept out of even though. Well, I don't know. This seems like a, maybe a bit above government intelligence, I would say. Which would benefit us, right? Well, I mean to say I don't think he knows anything about other worlds. That's why we're going to see the Queen first. Yeah, alright. Well, let's do that. Alright, guys. Give Archibald my pancakes. He's got a dog in one arm and pancakes in the other. Alright. Soul kind of brushes themselves off as much as they can. Fixes their attire. Shoulders back. The most prestigious air they can do. And they're still dressed in noble person's clothes, so mm-hmm. this is the best I can do. Alright. And they walk forward towards the queen's area. <laughs> okay. Is everyone else following along? Of course. Yeah. Yep. Alright. Marcus right behind Soul. So you guys continue on. You get to the far end of the main lobby area. There is a small garden courtyard, and then beyond that is probably what was told you is a throne room. So you cross across this rose garden. Make a perception check, everyone, as you're crossing. Yay, my favorite check. That is a 30. Okay, you hear the sound of uh, dogs 31. barking. You hear the sound of, of dogs barking, like small dogs. <gasps> looking, oh my god. Looking over in the rose garden, you can see a small, I would almost describe it as a herd of tiny dogs. <gasps> oh my god. <laughs> Oh, uh, I can't believe you. There are servants out there that are currently interacting with them, like feeding them and playing with them, giving them some sort of morning activity, but there's got to be at least 20 of the little things. Are these? Yeah, they they appear to be corgis, yes. This was a will save. Okay. Mm -hmm. For me not to run over and go pet those puppers. Lovett, hear me out. Throw away the other dog. (laughs) (laughs) Get like seven of these ones. Slow lays a bee. But mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> wants to make some new friends. I don't know if that's overstepping our bounds, but uh, I think the bounds would decide. Decide who the winner. Decide who survives. <laughs> Soul just thinks the dogs are cute, but they've got mission in mind, kind of. So yeah. they're they're kind of blindered right now. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> they keep walking. You steal I'm yourself and continue down. walking into the throne room. <laughs> I will follow along regardless oh, of whatever else does. Vera oh, is strangely Fine. slightly distracted by metaphors of unexplained <laughs> reasoning. So you will continue on. You walk into the throne room and it is this room designed to make you feel small. The throne itself is up on a raised dais. There's almost no one else in the room and sitting on the throne is a solitary and dark figure that you, you can barely make out any detail <clears throat> I would absolutely love it if it's a little corgi up on there. I don't... I'd be pretty upset. <laughs> you, hear, you hear a voice 
both even and calm, but yet commanding, say, approach. Soul approaches. Marcus follows closely behind, I believe. You walk across this large space, this large room, and as you approach, you see that the dark figure is not necessarily poorly illuminated. It's actually some sort of magical effect playing across this form in some way or another. You're not exactly sure this far away, but you do notice that there is some sort of darkness clinging to it, not necessarily a lack of light in the area. Okay. But as you approach, you do see glimpses of lighter bits and possibly bone as you get I have a question. Yes. Is every footstep have that really loud, echoey oh, oh, yeah, noise no, pretty yeah, much? Because no, it's straight up marble floor, so your footfalls are echoing through the room. Ooh. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Lovette drags her feet a little bit, so... <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> so, each of our footsteps are very different from how we walk, so... Normally, Soul has a very relaxed walk cycle, but currently, it's it's a very presumptuous, like, thud. They're walking with purpose. Okay. Talking to themselves in their head, they're like, let's do this. <laughs> Who demand? You demand. Who demand? You demand. Marcus wants to offer the... Queen some pancakes, but he thinks better. Of Dear, it. <laughs> all right. So you guys, the pancakes with him. <laughs> I imagine the pancakes have already been eaten at this point. So you move closer to the dais, and as you do, the shadowy lack of light sort of recedes, and you see this figure sitting on the throne before you. So that'd be a shadow really? party instead. Uh, it appears whatever the shadow thing is, it does have dog-like eyes. And it's currently perched on this skeletal figure's shoulder. Its skull tilts to the side and says, To what do I owe the privilege of your visit? Um, privilege. Okay. We are privileged to meet you, my lady. But we humbly request your assistance. Soul bows down. Or kneels down, actually. Mm-hmm. As far as they can go. <laughs> okay. Soul kneels. The rest of the party stands there awkwardly. Well, I, I'll bow. I'm not okay. going to kneel, but I'll bow. I butler bow. <laughs> Vera's just standing there. Marcus is more just very perplexed. Karis has a look yeah. of contempt. Contempt? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. I don't know if you guys remember Karis's stance on Intelligent Undead. Yeah, I saw this coming. <laughs> swipe left? <laughs> swipe left. Yeah, the stance is to swipe left. My queen, we were sent here for knowledge from a druid named Corona. You would be... She holds up, like, a finger. She holds up her index finger that ends in, like, this really sharp claw. And she kind of, like, absentmindedly taps it against her teeth. You would be Celine's daughter? Um. Celia's daughter? No. Solicity. My mother's name is Solicity. I don't know a Solicity. Hmm. I'm still Perhaps I'm mistaken. (laughs) I was expecting to meet the protector today. But if you aren't their daughter, then you must be someone else. What? I'm... I'm their granddaughter. I am the future protector. It hasn't been that many years, has it? (laughs) Souls beside themselves in their brain. They're just like, what the fuck? Hmm. I suppose it may have been. Well, I'll have to change the greeting cards. You you send us cards? Every year. Mother should really include me in on this. And which one is that Ah. again? It's Celia. It's Celia, right? Grant, that's the Grant. Mm. Perhaps the post isn't working. Oh no. 
Can mm. Marcus put his hand up? You put your hand up. Oh, look! <laughs> <sighs> she, like, points at you. They, they have a pet! <laughs> <laughs> well, I am adorable, aren't I? Well, oh, I no. assume you're a pet because you, you don't have a soul. Though, that one has two... And she points at Karis. That one has two, and that one has two, and points at Soul. What? Hmm. How strange uh, that some of you have multiples and some of you have none. Wait, 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 wait Soul. what? Soul. Sorry. What? <laughs> Where? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hmm. One second. Hi. Uh, hi. Uh, no, 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 Soul. I'm, I'm talking to that lovely lovely host here a couple of questions oh yes yes pet you may speak freely uh, thank you so much i re- <laughs> i very much appreciate that i'm not used to royal decorum so if i'm breaking any rules please let me know oh i will there's a dungeon <laughs> for that you know oh my god i love her she's hilarious but i'm terrified i have never met someone like yourself well i know some some people are intimidated by older women but she kind of flicks her hand but Continue. I don't mean to interrupt. How are you able to know? Uh, well, first off, Soul, we're we're gonna have words later. But I don't think <laughs> we will have words later. I want an explanation too. I do too. But first things first. How do you see our into our souls? If you don't mind my asking. Well, she didn't see into yours. She, she just saw you me out. <clears throat> person. Shush. Well, you you see, I'm. She starts counting on her fingers. No. She counts for about 15 seconds, and then she kind of loses count and gets discouraged. Look, I'm I'm very old. And you look great. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Oh, well, aren't you just the flatterer? No. Where was I? No. Nope. Uh, nope. I've, I've lost it. She holds up her hands in, like, defeat. It's gone. <laughs> she, like, leans back in her throne, and she starts playing with the shadow creature on her shoulder. Do you, do you know how I have two? Is my question. Two of what, dear? Souls. Speak in ti- speak in complete sentences. How do I have two souls in me? Oh, well, well, that's simple. You've got one that's sort of all in there, and she kind of like gestures her hand to gesture like your entire body, and then there's another in there, and she points to your midsection, to like your Soul abdomen. Grabs their stomach. Uh, I I just thought it was interesting that you were collecting them. That's all. So we will have uh, talk. We we will talk about this. Just uh, it's okay. Um, uh, how do you know? So so look at me. No, we have. It's okay. Question. We will talk about this. I, just, I hate to say so. How do you know that I have zero? Because I can see. She puts a finger like into her eye socket where there's nothing there, <laughs> as if to indicate that obviously she can see. Do you know what I am? <laughs> Yes. Why she called you? Are you not? Are you not their pet? No. Well, that's I'm odd. That's debatable. <laughs> well, this is very awkward. I take no offense, of course. It's a common. It's a. Perhaps it's a you should. Mistake. I'm trying to make myself better. It's not really how that works, is it? Can't we well, just help him be good, and then he doesn't have to fulfill whatever he was made for? She kind of like. Puts her fingers from both of her hands together in kind of like an, an arched steeple in front of her face. Well, never considered it quite like that. I don't think so. But then again, I've 
never really used Soulless that much. Is that why you're all here? Are no. you seeking a, um, you're seeking a cure for your pet. She turns her hand <clears throat> over. It's not really a, a cure, per se, since there's nothing really wrong with it. It's functioning as intended. It looks a little scrawny, though. Are you eating, dear? I've chosen I not to. I, I want to be me. Marcus, I realize this is important to you, but we are here for something else. Hmm. My lady, does the name... Oh, no! <laughs> Soul just starts, like... It lo- like she starts they're in cl- shock, so they starts, don't know what the fuck to do. She starts clapping. <laughs> Come, come here, come, come, come forward, come, come, come. Wait, what? What? Come, come, what come here. Come, 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 come. She's gesturing you with both hands. Come, come. I, oh. I do approach but... with very clear discomfort. She pats her femurs where her lap would be, where she had flesh. Come, come. Hi, Celios. Get okay. up there. She seems to like you. Like, okay, fine. Go climb up very reluctantly. You stepped all over my chances. Oh. You get up there. She, like, kind of leans in and looks at you, like, really closely. And being this close to her, you can see a lot of fine detail of her. And she smells surprisingly nice, if that helps. She doesn't smell like rotted flesh and and bones. She actually smells kind of like this weird perfume more than anything else. Like this weird herbal mixture. Did you have a good solstice? I've had better, but I mean, it was... Did you get a good gift? Soul is nodding. <laughs> yeah, I like it a lot, actually. But we are something important we need to... Oh, well. There's nothing more important than the giving and receiving of gifts around Solstice time. I gave all my gifts. <laughs> I tried to get my gifts. They were rejected. <laughs> <laughs> my gifts were murder. <laughs> no, they're garbage. <laughs> well, I'm very glad to hear... You had a good solstice. So, what brings you here today, dearie? Do you know of a way to get back a solstice that is gone? (laughs) (laughs) You motherfucker! (laughs) Are you kidding me? Oh, shit! You bitch! (laughs) Right here. Right here, Grim. This is for you, buddy. Oh, fucking A, buddy. Oh my god. A soul that was gone? What's... Well, uh, describe it to me. Maybe I've seen it before. I can help you find it. Mm-hmm. How do you describe it? Do I just describe The quality of its essence. Was it sort of bristly? Was it more wispy? She holds her hands up and kind of makes like a lighty gesture. Soft and warm. I've s- soft and warm. Mm. Kind of like my friend here. And she nuzzles that shadow thing on her shoulder. Hmm. Well... I haven't seen one like that recently. But if one comes up, I'll let you know. I don't know if you will see it. But why is that? Perhaps another time. We have to... We need your help to help you. I thought that's what we were doing already. Very well. Uh, what What <coughs> else do you yes. need? I'm sorry. Uh, does the name Cloud mean anything to you? She kind of like tastes the air. Like she's smelling something. No. No, it does not. Should it? Uh, what was his name before? Oh, I'll pull out the book, find out. I'll bust out his journal, see if it says anywhere. Does it? That was his family Lark name. Was... Yeah. Okay. No, I, I, I do not know of anyone by that name. Should I have? Is this someone I met and forgot? That would be terribly embarrassing. He's one of the eight. Doesn't sound familiar to me. 
Soul just stands up. <sighs> Do you remember Kalana? Chap with a lot of... Is he the one with the large beard? He has vines growing all over him. Oh, no. No, the bearded one's different. No, no, no. The vine... Yes, the vine one. I... I think I remember him. He must be dead by this point. It's been many No, he's years. very much so alive. He's, like, practically a tree himself. Are you sure? <laughs> I can bring him here if you want. Ah, it's already a bit crowded, if you ask me. Soul grabs onto their shirt that's near their stomach. Well, about... She sort of, like, trails off. I think we need to go to a different world to find someone named Teresa and either bring her here uh, or bring what remains of her here. Different I don't world. know. She makes a flip gesture with her hand. That's quite impossible. There's a barrier, you know. Yes, I do! I'm part of it! <laughs> oh! Are you Celea's daughter? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Well, it's nice to meet you. It's very nice to meet you too, your highness. You look great. Oh, well, thank you. I do You're try, welcome. I think. Now, look, to get through a barrier like that is going to require quite a bit of arcane power. Quite a bit. Because you see, it's a bit like a net. Oh, huh. So okay. you want to think that it, it's... No, no, it's not like a net. She scratches her head. A net was a scullery maid. <laughs> no, no. It's more like a blanket. All warm and cozy. Think of the barrier as a blanket wrapped all around our world. Okay. Now, if you could reach out and try to get it through it, you couldn't because the blanket's there. And it's big and, and fluffy and would stop your hand. Now, if you were to take, say, a needle, you could go right through the blanket without yeah. barely any trouble. So what we need to do is find you a needle. Uh metaphysical one. Okay. She nods. So find a needle. What's with a But needle? it must be metaphysical. Otherwise, it won't work. A real needle wouldn't be able to make it through the barrier. Obviously. Well, where's a good place to find a metaphysical needle? Hmm. Metaphysical haystack. Well, that's not a bad idea. A metaphysical haystack might have a metaphysical needle in it, but it would be difficult to find. We I know. prefer an she claps. easier one. She, she claps. I know just where to send you. Okay. A few years ago, she starts to, like, drift off. Might have been a few more than a few years ago. I set up a little team. Their job was to go around and find out things for me. I wonder how they're doing these days. They seem to be doing okay. Hmm. I should check on them sometime. Anyway, I gave them an office right here in the palace. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you, should, you should go and talk to them because I, well, I have them going off and finding out all sorts of things. So maybe they can help you find this metaphorical haystack. For the metaphysical needle. The what, dear? The, the metaphysical needle. Why in the world would you need a metaphysical needle? So we can get through the blanket uh, that is the barrier. Going. Blankets are made of cotton or wool. Barriers are made of magic, dear. And I do That's know a thing or two about magic. Well, yes, but to do that, you would need something made of MacGuffinite. <laughs> Look, I'm pregnant. I'm freaking out, okay? What? You are? What? Congratulations, dear. She, like, pushes the gnome off of her lap. Ugh. <laughs> That's so good for to hear. Why, the world could always use nice elves. Besides, 
I have a name thought up for your daughter. You should name her Solicity. So, Luna, it... Okay. I'm glad it's settled. Solicity it is. It's a daughter? I have a... What? This is a daughter. I... Well, I can't really tell that. Oh, okay. Sorry. No, that's okay. Didn't mean to get your... I just... I didn't mean to get your hopes up, I suppose. I thought your entire dynasty were daughters. Can you even have sons? She scratches her head. I suppose you could. Maybe they just don't write about the sons. No, they Hmm. don't. Because they don't... Actually, that's not really that important. Um... Strange. Uh, okay, I'm gonna... May may I be excused, your highness? Well, I suppose so, but we were just starting to have a chat. I was going to order tea for us soon. But, very well. Be gone. All of Um, you, be gone. Soul runs. No, no. (laughs) She waves her hand, and you guys are back out in the Rose Garden. Soul's still running. (laughs) Marcus is livid. Oh. But not living. Marcus Marcus is absolutely livid at Levette. Oh. Did we hear Levette say that? Oh, yeah. It's an echoey room. Yeah, that's true. I'm more livid that I had a potential opportunity to figure out how to heal me. <laughs> and Levette just shat on all that. And now we're outside. It's used to I just had a chance world. with the wizard. Me too. And you fucked me. Yes, oh well. We will settle this later. And I run off after Soul. Soul? Kind of in a blind panic, just went to where their brain told them they needed to go, so they went to the intelligence office. Awesome. That's where Vera's heading. Okay, so you and Vera head to the intelligence office. (laughs) Okay. So I'll just, I'll assume that the whole party will eventually filter their way in. But you find Alec sitting there. Now, this area is organized much more like a series of small offices, but it's all done up in a very cozy, like, very, very smoke lounge like parlor style it's like a gentleman's office sort of thing there is a bit of smoke hanging in the air as many of the older gentlemen here are smoking pipes soul just runs up because i assume they're the first one to get in here Mm -hmm. oh yeah you were running full tilt they put their hands on the desk Mm -hmm. and they look up at alec they open their mouth and they close it and then they go can i just sit by you for a second Without saying anything, he just reaches over and pulls a chair out that was next to him at the table. It's a free Soul country, just... last I checked. Soul sits down and just puts their face on the table. Yes, that's typically how most people react after meeting the queen. She's, um... She's great. She's really great. <sighs> he kind of, like, pats your shoulder. Look. I f- fucked up. If you live to be about 1,200, I think it sort of just addles your head after a while. Folks just aren't meant to be that old. Do you know how to find a metaphysical needle in a metaphorical haystack? <laughs> he laughs. That sounds pretty familiar, actually. Look, cool. I'll, I'll let you in on a bit of a secret. The queen, bless her eternal heart, is the leader of this nation on paper. But she's not really the one calling the shots. So who is? Well, that'd be my boss. And that would be? Well, I suppose... The best way to introduce you would be like this. He reaches into his breast pocket and uh, pulls out this little book that's like... It's like a pocket book, basically. It's maybe four inches wide and six inches tall. Maybe a quarter inch thick. Leather bound. And he plops it on the table in front of you. These, he taps it, are given to every single spy in the intelligence services. Go ahead, open it up. Soul looks concerned, but slowly opens it up? It's, it's quite safe, I assure you. I open it. 
You open it and you find a blank book. There are many pages inside, but there is nothing written on any of them. Can I use my detect magic eye? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It is brimming with divination magic. Alright. <clears throat> How do you use it? He pushes an ink pen, or like a quill and a bottle of ink toward you. Just like any other book. I have written every single thing I have ever done in the intelligence services. Every bit of information, every bit of intelligence, every interaction I've had, every contact I've made, every appointment I've held in that book. So after we're done talking, you're going to write about this? Of course. It's my duty. Okay. But as you can see, the book doesn't keep anything in it. It sends it. He nods, smiles. Yes, it does. It sends it directly to my boss. Come with me. He picks it up, puts it back in his breast pocket, stands up. Soul follows him. They're like, fuck it. At least something's making sense currently. <laughs> they kind of look back to make sure everyone's coming in, finally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the rest of the party's filtered in at this point. Okay. So he leads you guys into another chamber, and it's kind of a library in here. There's little books all around the walls. There's big shelves, like four-tiered tall, with ladders on them. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a nice library. But this is not like a fiction library. This is like an archive, okay? So there's not like that pleasant sense of like relaxation that you usually get in the library. This is more of like a frenetic energy, and this is something that's being used actively. There's a lot of people moving around in here, grabbing books from here and there and moving things. Anyway, near the center of the room is this marble sort of pedestal thing that you would lay a large book on. And sitting on it is an enormous tome. So he walks up into the middle of the room, and he, like, looks around. He says, well, what do you think? This is your boss. So the queen, back before she became a little addled, came up with the idea of starting an intelligence service. She felt that the best way to keep tabs on the world, rather than marching about like, well, like you lot, adventurers and all that, Hmm. better way to keep tabs on things would be just be to send out people to keep an ear open. And, in order to gather that intelligence quickly, they were all given those pocketbooks. Anything they wrote down would go, and he pats this giant tome right in here. Everything we've ever written for the last thousand years is in this book. All the intelligence that we've ever gathered, everything we've ever learned, right in here. Soul starts reaching their hand out slightly. Mm-hmm. So, and they, now the funny know. thing about magic... If you leave it alone for long enough, it can sort of do things it was never intended to do. Like? Well, like this. He clears his throat. Boss, are you there? At that, the latches on the book click open, and it opens itself to about halfway. You see the text inside is constantly being written and erased and rewritten and erased and rewritten and erased and rewritten and erased. And And you hear a voice sort of echoey and coming from everywhere at the same time. Oh, Alec. Good. So these are them, hmm? Alec nods. Yes, book. These are they. Just as written and delivered as promised. Whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. We were your mission? Alec gives you a smile. You tricked me. He shrugs and then bows. Guilty as charged. (sighs) Now, I believe you have to have an audience with the leader of our nation. He gestures his head toward the massive tome. When I say massive, it is massive. It's probably like... Bigger than my head? Yeah, it's like a six-foot-tall book. When fully opened, it's like more than 12 feet wide. It's huge. All right. How do I refer to you? Oh, 
The name's Book, dear. Hello, Book. Just a book. It's nice to meet you. I suppose it would be. You are, in fact, looking for a way to pierce the veil between worlds. It won't hurt the barrier, will it? Oh, certainly not. Okay. You could think of it as more of like a blanket. And if you were to move a a needle through it, you wouldn't really damage the blanket in any way. At least not in any appreciable way. (laughs) But to do something, you would need to harness quite a bit of arcane power. Yeah. The only way that I could figure you could do that would be to gather a fair bit of MacGuffinite. Now, the only form of (laughs) MacGuffinite raw vein that I know of is, well, it's quite a way far from here. We'll need to travel. What? Why, pal? I would nod if I could, but as you can see, I have no head. So, I'll simply lay it out. You'll need to travel there. Now, we'll arrange transport for you. No worries there. Your goals are our goals. Much aligned. We want to stop the eight as much as you do. Thank you. Okay, yes. Wonderful. I assume you were all sent by Corona, of course. There are many corroborating reports of you having dealings with him. Sans to reason. He's a nice guy. He's quite old and appears in many entries in this... Anyway. Hmm. In order to harness this MacGuffinite, you'll need to travel to the only area that I have ever found that it exists, and that would be the Steam Isle. Soul um, just puts their head in their hands. I don't know if we can do that. So, transport is being arranged mm, as we speak. It, orders are being relayed. Your transport will be ready tomorrow morning. Awesome. Thank you, Book. That is great news. Is it really called MacGuffinite? Yeah, is that really its name? What else would you call it? Literally anything else. <laughs> I mean, famously <laughs> discovered by Henry MacGuffin. I don't understand what's so confusing about that. It's true. Oh, it's he was a gnomish. He was a gnomish engineer and inventor. Oh Book. boy. Book. Yes. Garbin Shortfellow. Yes. Go on. Uh, You've died many this. years ago. This is quite puzzling. <laughs> I go by Marcus nowadays. Interesting. Um, that name appears many times. Many, oh, right. many times. Really? Continue. Well, what's the first time my name is mentioned? The first time it's mentioned of any note is the same time it's mentioned of any note, and every time it's mentioned of any note. It's the name of the Great Betrayer, the one who caused the Deadlands, of course. The Prime General of the Armies of Protus. Oh! Oh, Hunter. Yeah, same with Sol on this one. <laughs> Again, these are ancient stories. <laughs> Your knowledge seems to be... Incredibly vast. Much vaster than even the Great Dragon. Understand, I do contain more than a thousand years of hard-earned and gathered intelligence by the services of the Queen's men. I know who I believe I am. I don't want to be, and I'm fairly certain you understand what I am. Well, not what this body is. Well, it appears to be the shell of Garbage Shortfellows. You claim to be one named Marcus. You appear to have no soul. Previous reports of you mentioned that you have consumed... Well, I'll not get into the nitty-gritties of it. But maybe you should just... What is it possible I don't want to be whatever who made me wants me to do? I just want to be me. I want, for lack of a better term, autonomy. Is there any way to bind me to this form? (sighs) Yes, but not in the way that you hope. You could be bound to that form, certainly. But it does not change your nature. But would it prevent me from... As one inanimate to object to another. <gasps> we are all created to serve a specific purpose. Mine is to collate and analyze intelligence. Yours, well, it's for something else entirely. And that does not appear anywhere in my records. 
You could be an <clears throat> assassin. You could be a errand boy. You could be a delivery agent, a courier, if you will. Perhaps if you don't understand what you are, then it's simply not been revealed to you yet. But I can assure you, you do have a purpose. You were created by someone to do something. That, whether you're bound to that body or not, will not change. I don't want to need to consume. As you can see, I'm <laughs> getting a little haggard. Is it possible to stop the hungers? Or And that's one reason I want to be bound. I mean, perhaps binding you would make the hunger go away, but it wouldn't stop you from dissipating. You need to collect energy from something, and you don't exactly... Well, you're not exactly alive. Not really, anyway. And I guess the next logical question is, when I complete my task, what happens? Well, that's up to whoever animated you. Perhaps you will stop functioning. You see, for I am bound to the power and spirit of my queen. Were she to be slain, I would simply become an inanimate book again. If she felt the need, she could end the spell as she maintains it. Whoever created you could end you as they maintain you. So, is there a way to... Whomever summoned you, whomever created you, could simply stop concentrating on your spell or stop maintaining you in some way, and you would simply cease to be. And I assume your shell would then fall to the ground and rot. But you don't need me to tell you that. Is there a way to find out who animated me? None that I know of, and I know quite a bit. <laughs> you got the answers you wanted? Understand now? it would take a advanced level of necromancy to create something like you. How advanced? Advanced enough to understand the ins and outs of life and death, and to understand how to bind something together that even without a soul is still able to, well, have thought and feeling, at least limited form. Mm. Could that be done by accident? Oh, no. One could not simply blunder into creating such a sophisticated being as what stands before you. He is no simple skeleton or zombie. Those one might be able to create by accident, not this. Who was this Marcus the Betrayer? Marcus the Betrayer was the greatest general of the Protean legions. He was the prime general of the great army that marched to the east to fight the Kintaos some 700 years ago, roughly. 763, in fact. That ended the Second Age. Oh! The battle um... that took place there was devastating for both sides, and the Deadlands was the result of it. Can I ask agents. a question, Book? Of course. Do you know... How long the the bad entity, the one I'm keeping secure here... The enemy? Or, yes. Do you know how His long it's name? been here? Oh. Uh, he has a true name? <laughs> that too! <laughs> Are you sure you wish me to speak it? No. Does it hurt? Yeah, it probably does. Well, part of the issue is the nature of devils and names. Nope. Don't have to say it. You're good. <laughs> I want that shit out of my world. He arrived at the time of your grandmother, I believe. The same exact time. Well, he arrived during her life. Allow me to be more clear. How many years ago was that? <laughs> Poor beauty. <laughs> no, my dad was looking for this information. Close to 300, 285, that, somewhere in that. Understand that, that year? the earliest reports do not corroborate with one another. There is no hard and fast date at the arrival of the enemy, for he did not make himself known immediately. Perhaps the first incarnations and the first reports were simply people trying to summon the enemy. Perhaps he was already here. Perhaps he had been here for a hundred years. Perhaps he'd been here for a thousand and was simply covering his tracks well enough. 
but the earliest recordings that I have that I can corroborate are between 285 and 300 years. All right. Thank you. Well, hold on. What, once we get this megaphonite, what what do we use? How do we use it? What is our destination, even? No, you would need a powerful arcane caster to harness it and pierce through the veil between worlds. And who would that be? Oh. I, I don't know if Corona's strong enough. I don't think Corona deals with the arcane. Yeah, he doesn't have that much of a... This is correct. Corona is the hierophant <clears throat> druid. His powers, while vast, are not arcane in nature. What would he go? Ah, Hildegard of the Mountain Forest, Southeast Ville. Serpentes. Age roughly 950 to 1050. And for a book of records, you do a lot of entries. Sorry? What? 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 That's, that, that didn't say anything. I didn't quite catch that. <laughs> I don't have ears, you see. Wait, so we can move past it. Oh, but I'm quite curious. Book, another question. Very well. Is the tradition of continuing to breed strong magic bloodlines together actually helping the barrier? That is yet to be seen. As far as we know, the barrier has not truly been tested. At least none of our agents have been able to deal with it. All we know is that it still stands. So we will be the first ones to see if we can get through my barrier? I have no reported incidents of someone traveling through it. Great. Though there is one bit of corroborating evidence that says that it has been done once in the past. Is that you? Well, uh, one of the eight has already been slain. This happened 16 years ago. 16 years ago? Correct. We think we would have held with this. No. Unlikely. This happened in a far distant land. I see. And such things should be kept quiet. Indeed. Lest there be worldwide panic, which would play into the enemy's hand. <sighs> but understand, one of the eight, one Elshir of the Grey, was destroyed. If my understanding of the nature of the Eight is correct, it means that whoever destroyed him was able to travel to his home plane and gather some sort of item there, which is what you need to do to defeat Glarv. So, it is possible, and it has not compromised the barrier, at least not that we can tell. All right. Awesome. Perfect. Book. Yes? Is there a substitute energy that I can consume that doesn't require me to... Well, is there an alternative? I mean, would you like me to lie to you and tell you that it was something like true love would solve your issue? Soul flinches. <laughs> a hard truth is sometimes better than a beautiful lie. Then a hard truth you shall receive. If you do not consume, you will simply cease to function. That is the truth of all beings, whether they be animated purely on magic or living beings. If one has a hunger strike long enough, they'll simply starve. What does Archie consume? Um, Archibald is linked. Is what? Archibald. Wait, who made Archibald? Archibald was constructed by your grandfather. And he, why, do, why does he work for me and not for anyone else? Because he is linked to you. How? Why? Archibald is bound to your essence. What? Did you do that? Was that my grandfather's intention? Possibly. It was not recorded. Is Archie alive? Technically speaking, I suppose yes. Huh. So, if it's just out of the open, we understand what Malchus is, and, and, and we just kind of talked about it, so it's not like keeping it a secret. If Malchus were to consume a creature's soul, could that process possibly be reversed? At great harm to Marcus, but yes, said things could possibly be extracted and reconstituted. How? Well, it would require an advanced level of alchemy and necromancy. Oh, no. Don't. It might. It is theoretically possible to unravel, but understand, think of it like this. Think of it as taking white sand and black sand, 
mixing them together. Okay. You wish to extract all of the white sand back out of it. It is possible, theoretically. However, it would be arduous and difficult, and what you get back might not be entirely what was put in. Who is the best alchemist alive? <laughs> the greatest alchemist alive, according to my records, is Archmage Filner Ulster. And well, do I find him? Archmage Filner Ulster lives in the city of New Izmir. By the way, you have never heard of that city. <laughs> no. Where the hell is that? <laughs> Well, yeah, actually, that's a good question. I mean, probably the person I ask was a book to ask. New Izmir lies near the center of the northern continent. Oh, also, what? you didn't know there was such a thing. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's not common knowledge that there's even is a northern continent. Is it common knowledge that the planet's round? Nope. Oh, because it isn't. But yeah, what are you, some kind of fucking Neanderthal? <laughs> Y'all, we've been very, very greedy. Look, do you know Karis here? No. What do you mean we've been greedy? Aside from entries about dealing with your party specifically, I have no entries about Karis the date more than a few months ago. I wonder why. Do you know about all these things that happened since she stopped traveling with us? A few scattered reports. Do you have one specific agent following us, or is it multiple here and there? Multiple here and there. Okay. Apologies, but you were not deemed important enough to have a shadow. Thank God. I'm happy with that, actually. This has been rectified. What? <laughs> as, you, <laughs> as you have become a likely agent to deal with the issues dealing around the eight, you have been deemed important enough to have a shadow. One has already <laughs> been assigned to you. Wait, what's a shadow? Right. A is shadow Alex is still in the room? A shadow is a per- No. A shadow is a permanent agent that is assigned to a specific person or group of peoples. To record their exploits and adventures for posterity. You tell us what it is if we just ask? I'm, I'm sure I would have noticed if someone was calling. One has uh, not been. Ah, see? So it just happened right now. Correct. Who is it, if you don't mind me asking? I'm afraid I'm not allowed to tell. Okay, great. Awesome. So glad. Ugh. All right. Who is picking us up, or do you not know that information yet? Or the travel blah 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 stuff? Oh, your travel is already being arranged as we speak. It will be prepared by tomorrow morning. What is a good thing to do in the city while you wait? It looks old-fashioned here. I don't know if it comes to my size. Yeah, you should go grab some stuff for you and Archie, at least. The city does have a wide selection of shops and markets. Book. Yes? Is there any way I think this is going to be my last inquiry? You have more. I continue. <laughs> I know that we all know what I am, and but is it possible for me to reconnect with Eden? I know I still have Garbin's abilities, but I want to make them mine. <laughs> I want to reconnect again with Eden. I'm afraid I have no documented cases of such a thing happening, but you seem to be rather unique. I cannot say if it's possible or not. Know that it has simply never been done before. Well, as I've said before, there's always tomorrow. Indeed. listening. As always, special thanks to Protagonist for the theme music and Emily Roll for Fantasy for this episode's soundtrack. Interested in following us on social media? Follow us on Twitter at CheckPleaseDnd. Or want to support the podcast and be part of the Czech Republic? Go to our Patreon under Kenishra. Until next time! <laughs> <laughs>